announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Congratulations. You played this up. Have no fear, the legend thriller is here. I am the heel of the seals, the heel of the demonstration, the anti hero of the IWC. Your boy, Mr. Rated R, and our third man on the broadcast team. He is the analysis of the LOC. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. When it comes to wrestling, he has a radar or FOMO. We're in the mean streets of LI. Yo, yo, yo. Wow, that uh, that epic voice crack from Leo was awesome. What, a, what an introduction to, to our first show in like... Actually, I was going to say our first show in two weeks, but we did an yeah. episode midweek. Yeah, we did. Game oh, changer. It, it kind of is just like a week off. Yeah. And... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You don't get to talk. You don't get to talk. Don't, I guess, don't follow I, up on what I just I, said. I, I, guess, I guess I just don't get to talk. No, but what's funny about that episode, that was supposed to be a mini episode and ended up became, becoming a full-blown episode. Doesn't yeah. it always work yeah. like that? Yeah, especially with me and Ryan. It, we just get going, dude. We were just going. I, mean, I, yeah. I was just and going then, and going right now before the show even started. Like I was telling you guys a private yeah, I know. story. We're, we're on 47 minutes of recording, so. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, delete the beginning. Like a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Also, too, Leo, welcome to the gun show, man. What? Because yeah, you, you got your guns out. Showing off those, showing off those, those tats and those, those big guns today. Yeah, yeah, I got my grandma tattooed. That's really hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to put my volumes up? I put the gunshots oh, in. Sorry, Daddy. There you go. Shit. There you go. That was loud. Carl Anderson. Leo, welcome back. How are you, bro? I'm good. I'm fixing my mic because this shit falls. <laughs> Oh, we're good. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, so everything's good. You know, it, it's it. Yeah. You know, you were you were out for an episode, and you know, we we took yeah, a, bro, been busy. What up to Richard Beecher? What up to Daniel Aliaga? Hey, what up to Jaime Rodriguez? Our boy J Rod from uh, Connecticut. Uh, which, by the way, uh, I was looking at at uh, at our feed, and we went to see uh, Bearcat Lee four years ago. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Yeah, Keith Keith Lee. Keith Lee. I love fucking with you. Keith Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, how are you, bro? How was the costume party yesterday? The Halloween party? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't watch wrestling last night. I know it was a big night for wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Why not? We will talk about yeah. what went down. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I had a good time last night. And uh, yeah, man, I am here and we are 
we have a lot to get into. Man. Yeah, we, a lot to get into. A lot to get into. I said, I said to you off the air, we might go four hours. So. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're already off to a good start. We're like forty-seven minutes in for like you know. I'm I'm walking out at like twelve fifteen. The, the funny thing, <laughs> the funny thing was, I messaged Ryan yesterday. I'm like, before Dynamite happened, before Bound for Glory happened, before even GCW happened last night, I was like, there's so much shit to talk about, and we haven't even watched these shows yet. Like these shows yeah. haven't even happened yet. There's, it's crazy. I, it's crazy. I, I was telling you guys off air for a non WrestleMania, non All Out, non Double or Nothing, non Special Weekend, right? Non SummerSlam, Wrestle Kingdom, non Royal Rumble. This has been a very big week in professional wrestling. We just it, it, all across the board. Oh, yeah, it has. Oh, totally. Yeah, it, it's so much has gone on that I don't even know where to begin. That's oh. why I leave it up to you. No, oh, there you go. <laughs> all right, before we get Thank started, you. <laughs> before we get started, give me a minute. It's hashtag Rebel time. That Red Bull's badass, though. Ain't gonna oh, lie. it's fucking amazing. 47 Ooh. minutes you guys spent talking, I drank my. Uh, the winter edition, Parmer Grant? Okay. You know, uh, sponsor us, Rebel. Dale. Come on. <laughs> All right. Where Give do we begin? Follow. All right. On top of everything that, just, that happened this week with, the, you know, the impact stuff, Bound for Glory, we're going to talk about in Japan, all that stuff, you know, to kind of like end like all this newsworthy stuff that happened this whole week, the Briscoes end up capturing the the GCW Tag Team Championships. They end up beating Mance Warner and fucking um, Matthew Justice. How crazy is that? All the champions in GCW now are not, I mean, they're in GCW, but not really. The Briscoes signed with Ring of Honor. John Moxley, world champion, he's in AEW. They're loosely Drew, affiliated. Drew Parker, <laughs> the ultraviolet deathmatch champion, he's still out in, in Japan. So it's like all the champion holders are technically not GCW originals or regulars. It is crazy, but you know what? It makes things a lot interesting, dude. And, and I'm happy to see the Briscoes win because it just means they're going to stick around uh, for a while. So True. that's that's great news. And, um, you know, it's a good way to make waves. Like I said, I have not really seen the Briscoes in a while. Like they've, they've really been irrelevant for a long, long time. <laughs> There's the ring listen, of honor. This is, this is the weekly ring of honor shot. Yeah. Because of the company that they're in, you know, <laughs> they've been irrelevant <laughs> for way too long. Oh um, man. You don't have a ding. So I'm very happy to see them. <laughs> Finally, be relevant. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it never fails on every episode—the weekly Ring yeah. of Honor dig. But yeah, I'm, I am yeah, happy for the Briscoes, and the good thing is they're going to stick around, right? So who knows? We might see them at the Hammerstein Ballroom in January. Sure. Hey, hey, as long as they're still the champions, uh, I don't see why not. Right. I do. Let's um, let's start with Bound for Glory. All right, we're going to kind of jump all over the place, but I think we should start with Bound for Glory. Dude, last night, Bound for Glory, Impact Wrestling, they deli- delivered a, a really great show and quite an ending. Um, I am going to talk about some of the stuff that happened before the main event. But, Dale. dude, what a fucking swore from Impact. I think it was so, so well produced. So with main event, we got Christian Cage defending that Impact Championship against Joshua Alexander. Really, really good match. Josh beats Christian Cage. Christian Cage hands Josh the Impact World Championship. They hug. Um, good feel moment. Um, Josh's son and wife get in the ring. Everybody's celebrating. And now comes Moose out of nowhere. Uh, he ended up winning the, the Battle Royal earlier in the night um, where he could cash in his shot at any time for any title. And he fucking just becomes probably one of the biggest heels in, in right now in mm-hmm. wrestling. He fucking beats Josh Alexander for the Impact Championship. Holy shit, dude. What what a fucking moment. What a swerve. 
I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it You're for the simple speechless. fact that part of it, I'm like, man, I really want, I wish Josh could have just maybe maybe dropped in, on Thursday night, you know, uh, on the next episode. Then the other part of me is like, you know what? If anyone deserves it, Moose deserves it because he's kind of had the, the company on his back for the last two years, you know, um, when Impact Wrestling didn't have a world champion, when Tessa kind of held the title hostage and, and she was out in Mexico doing whatever with Daga, we had one champion, and that was Moose defending that TNA world title. So I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it, but I, I'm, I'm happy for both guys. It, in a weird way, they both got their moments separately, if, th if that makes any sense. Uh, Ryan, how, how do you feel about it? Um, I'm pretty in between about it, just like you. Uh, I think you really took the words right out of my mouth. I have mixed feelings on it because it's a good swerve, and it's Moose is a guy that's been dedicated and loyal to Impact for God. I mean, what, the past, like, it's got to be six or seven years at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a long time, and uh, so he definitely deserves it. My issue is, like they've they've had opportunities in the past to strap Moose, right? To put the world title on him, and they didn't. They passed multiple times, time and time again. They passed on it. Now, now, when they have an opportunity to make a new star in Josh Alexander, who is already great in his his own right, don't get me wrong, but he could he literally has potential to become a massive star by winning this championship. And you know, I was really excited for it. And then they just take his moment away and they give it to Moose. And I'm not saying, like, like I said, I'm mixed feelings. So I'm not saying it's it's the worst move ever because, you know, Josh Alexander still trying to chase his title could be good television, interesting. And, it, and that could actually, there. that actually might, come, that actually might potentially make him bigger, him chasing it, yeah. especially him losing the way he did in front of his kid, in front of his wife. Like visually, like how crazy, how much of a scumbag Moose is standing over Joshua Alexander and his kid is just, Josh's kid is just covering his father. Like, how can you not, like, have sympathy for that? And how can you not root for Josh to, like, murder this dude at some point? Right. That's why I'm not going to totally shit on the move because, like I said, it, it could it, it creates for good sto storytelling, good, you know, TV for the next, you know, few weeks, several months, however long the, this thing goes. And, again, the money is always in the chase when it comes to a baby face going for a championship. We all know that. And, obviously, this made Moose, like you said, a massive heel – and um, like I said, it's an interesting move. Did anybody see this coming? I mean, I don't think so, right? I mean, this was no. a complete 180 out of nowhere, just some move that you just did not expect them to do. So, um, like I said, it's interesting for sure. I just, there's part of me that feels like they just completely took the moment away from Josh Alexander, who you just said had his moment for a little bit. It's almost like the way I compare this to is like, remember when Daniel Bryan, Beat John Cena at SummerSlam years ago, 20, uh, I want to say it was 2013. Beat, beat uh, John Cena in the main event, and then Randy Orton yep. comes out and cashes yep. in the money in the bank yep. on him. No. That's exactly how I feel about this. Yeah, that, and at the time everybody was pissed off about that, right? But then look how it ended in right, the long run. So right. maybe that's going to be a similar situation here. That's a pretty good comparison. Um, I, I do think, even despite the loss and him holding the title for like a couple minutes, right? I don't think it hurts Josh. I think Josh still got elevated. To, to an, a, another level, especially defeating Christian Cage. Yeah. And like you said, the money's always in the chase. And I, I think both guys are in good places right now in the company where now they're the two faces in the company where whether it's at, at I don't know if there's a next paper returning point or maybe that's just an Impact Plus exclusive or ends up happening at um, Hard to Kill, which they announced is going to be January 8th. 
um, the the top of the year. So maybe they they end up having the the match there. I don't know, but. What I do know is whenever they face off, it's going to be an incredible match because Moose has been putting on amazing performances, and you could say the exact same thing for Joshua Alexander. Yeah, and, and the one thing I do love about this is you, you got two guys now who are Impact guys. Right, you know, who got right. Two guys who are, are great representatives of Impact Wrestling. You don't have guys for, a guy from AEW holding your world championship anymore, and that's that's what I like about this too. Um, so like I said, I, I really – I. I know I am complaining a little bit, but I just feel like they're. You just I have, also you're not even complaining. No you're not even complaining. Yeah. You just have mixed feelings about it, which I yeah. do too. You don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, which again is one of the things that makes wrestling so great is when we come on here and we're really like we just don't know how to feel about something. That makes that means it made us feel some type of way. That's always what you want to feel out of wrestling, right? You want to feel some sort of emotion, um, and you know that's exactly like I said. While I'm not the biggest impact guy, I. I think this is very interesting, and uh, I'm intrigued for what happens, you know, moving forward. Uh, another, um, another thing that I have mixed feelings about uh, since we're moving on uh, from, you know, what we'll, we'll we'll throw this in there too. So there's a rumor that came out also uh, yesterday, I believe before Bound for Glory, that after last night that the relationship between AEW and Impact Wrestling might be, you know, not saying it's over, but it's going to be put on pause and we're not going to see that that much interaction, which it kind of makes sense. You know, we haven't really been seeing the Good Brothers as much on AEW and um, the only really back and forth has been really Christian Cage. So, and then obviously Christian, Christopher Daniels went to Impact as well. So, I mean, I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing. I, I, I don't want the relationship to be completely over with. Um, but how do you feel about it? Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to completely, like, they're not going to, like, they're going to shut the door on one another. I think that when the time calls for it, you know, maybe one, one person from Impact can go over to AEW and vice versa. Um, but I don't think it's going to be like, like you said, like how we've been seeing it. Like, like it, it, I mean, let's be honest, we've been loving it, but it's been out of control lately. Like it's, it's, everybody's (laughs) going from here to there. It's to a point where, like you said, Christopher Daniels showing up on Impact. All these guys are showing up on Impact that are not Impact guys, man. And it's just like if you watch Impact Wrestling, you want to watch Impact Wrestling for guys like Moose, for Josh Alexander, for Ace, Ace Austin, Austin, for Trey Miguel. Yeah. You know, you don't want to watch it for Christopher Daniels, who, I mean, obviously is a legend of Impact. Don't get me wrong. Christian Cage is a legend of Impact. But, I mean, not so much Christopher Daniels, but you watch AEW. You see those guys on AEW. Right. Like, you, I just feel like sometimes they got out of control. So I don't think this is a bad thing at all. And listen, I mean... People could say, oh, this might be a bad thing for Impact because they're the ones that really benefited out of this. But like I said, coming out of Bound for Glory where they have Moose and Josh Alexander as their two top guys right now, mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, and I think they'll be everything fine else that went down too. It was a very, seems like a very interesting evening for Impact. I read the results and it seems like they're moving in a good direction. So, um, you know, while I don't necessarily <clears throat> completely 100% Trust the report. It did come from Ringside News, so oh. take that for what you will. You know? Congratulations, <laughs> you played yourself. Ringside right. News—they're god awful. But you know what? Let, so let's let's knows? let's move on. Let's move on. Hey, hold on, real quick to that point, right? Like, if you're gonna do anything like that, where you're gonna have some guys come in from from somewhere else, you have you actually have to make it count. One of the things that AAA and CMLL did really well is whenever they had the partnership with WWE, WCW, ECW, whoever it was, right, or TNA at one point, they actually had a stable where any guy would come in, but they were part of a storyline. It's not just, hey, let me just pick this guy and put him in, right? 
So the way that AAA would do that is the the invasion. The people coming in from the north were invading. So they can pick and they could choose different guys to come into this thing. With impact, that's the way you should have done it. Like, hey, these guys are trying to come over. This is the guy that they're sending this week. But you make it mean something. Not just, hey, here you go. You take Musa's spot. Go on, go out there and talk. Uh, but that's what I think. Go ahead, Marty. Um, I don't know if you hear that, Leo, but I hear like a... Yeah, yeah. Okay. I hear that too. All right, cool. So, um, so I mean, throughout the night, we got really a, a good amount of uh, great matches. It was a very entertaining night. I don't think there was ever a dull moment on the show. Trey Miguel finally capturing that X Division Championship. I think it was long overdue. I'm happy for the guy. He's super over. Mm-hmm. And... um. Steve McC- McCallan, I forget the how. What was his name in WWE? Um, he was part of um, yeah. what was it? What was the dude oh, that, that fucking group? Uh, the the, the, unforgo- the, the, for, uh, the forgotten the unforget the for, the forgotten sons that we can't even remember the oh, stable. They, they got forgotten. I was gonna well, say yeah. Well, Steve. Well, that dude, I almost called him the unforgotten sons, but they're definitely forgotten. Well, so. well, him that dude, Steve McCallan. Listen, I don't know much of about him in WWE. Like, I didn't know much about him. I thought he was just, like, an average Joe. But the dude could work, man. And he mm-hmm. he really showed out in this uh, in this three-way with Al Fantasmo and Trey Miguel. And listen, we already know how great Trey, Trey Miguel and ELP are. So for you to keep up with them, you got to be good in your own right. So I just wanted to give him props. I'm not a fan of his like that or whatever. You know, good for him that he's dating Deanna Perrazzo. <laughs> but... Well, yeah. He must right. be doing something right. He must be doing something right. But you, I just want to just throw out there, like, that he's a really good worker. And... He really showed out with ELP and Trey Miguel. Um, you know, the Good Brothers, they ended up retaining those tag team championships. I think it's the right call. I don't think they should put it back on another New Japan team in Finjuice or Chris Bay and Hukuleo, which, you know, they, Chris Bay is really an impact guy. But still, I, I don't think that was the right move to put it, the titles on them. Now we have the Women's Championship match. So the Knockouts Championship match, Mickey James, Deanna Perrazzo. And just like the main event, I have mixed feelings about it. Part of me is happy for Mickey James because it's like this is the booking that we should have gotten with Mickey when she was back, went back to the WWE. She should have gotten another uh, women's title run. She should have because we knew how great she was. So I feel like Impact is kind of like undoing the wrong that WWE did and like the treatment they did with uh, Mickey and WWE. So it's like you know what we're gonna put the title on on Mickey uh, at Bound for Glory. Okay, I understand that, and and part of me is happy for Mickey. The other side of me is like, fuck, man, but Deanna's just been on this fucking, like, amazing ride right now, being a dual champion, and it's like, I feel like her beating Mickey will be just another, like, you know, like, another thing to put on her list. Like, this is all I've done post-WWE. Like, I don't need WWE. This is what I've done. Like, look in my resume, right? And I feel like beating a legend in Mickey James would have just added something else to it. I don't know, man. That's how I feel about it. Like, kind of like the main event, I have mixed feelings about it. How do you feel? Yeah, it's the same way. I mean, I love Mickey James. I've always been a massive Mickey James fan, so it's always great to see her win another championship, right? I mean, at this age, at her, at her stage, in, at the stage in her career right now, um, you know, it, it's just something we never really thought we would see another Mickey James title run. And no matter what company it is, I just didn't think it was really possible. Um, of course, with Impact, and you know, anything's possible. Uh, but it's just kind of like, <laughs> uh, like, like you said, Deanna Parasso was on such a great run. I mean, she still is. She I, still I, I is, right. I'm away from her. Um, you know, she's still uh, the Reinas, uh, the Reinas, whatever. Reinas, the Reinas campeona. Yeah, in AAA. Uh, uh, so <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> listen, uh, you know, so it, 
she's still, you know, one of the best out there right now. And congrats to her for being, what, she number two on, um, or number three on PWI's. Uh, I think it was two or three. It was either I think two it was or three. Yeah, number two three. Or, yeah, yeah two she or was three. right behind uh, the that stardom chick, but I forgot her name that I'm not going to start trying to pronounce. Yeah, we're not, um, we're not, but yeah, yeah she's she's clearly <laughs> WWE clearly missed the boat on her. Okay, we all know that. But yeah, you know it's it's funny too because as soon as Impact, um, I know you're not really on Twitter, so Impact earlier in the day on Saturday they posted a tweet and it was um, they listed every single one of Diana's um, victories, like everybody who she beat, you know, uh, the whole list of them, and it said like uh, on the bottom it was like. Deanna has been undefeated for like 15 straight matches, something like something like that. I don't, you know. And as soon as I saw that tweet, I said, you know what? This is this. She's losing the belt tonight. It, 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 uh, you just don't put that out, and then right. you know, and then she right. wins. So I kind of saw this coming. But um, you know, the remember when they when they I think it was last year at Bound for Glory, right after uh, Deanna won it, and she's on a great run. They pulled the belt off her. What they give it to Sue Young or something like that? Yeah, it was supposed year, to be Kylie Ray, and then due to the Kylie Ray um. She had like a, I guess she had a situation. She just she just announced too that she's gonna be taking a, another leave from wrestling because she just has a lot of stuff going on with mental health. Yeah, so best so, yeah. so best wishes to her. But uh, I believe it was a similar situation, and that's why she got uh, they had to replace her. Yeah, yeah. Well, the point being was so they 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 inserted Sue. I think it was Sue Young, right? It was they, Sue Young. Yeah, insert, Sue Young. Yep. Yeah, and literally she won. She beat Deanna out of nowhere, and everybody was like. And I was like, like, geez, typical impact, man. Like, what are you doing? You have the one yep. of the best female workers in the business right now. She was yep. red hot. She was one of the brightest stars, like things on impact. I, I and, 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 impact and to add on to and to add on to that from last year's Bound for Glory, the, the the crazy part about it is like coming off of that match, everyone was talking like, why would you take take the belt off Diana, right? And they completely like forgot that that match was really good between Sue Young and Diana. Like they put on a banger that night, but oh, nobody yeah. was talking about that. Everybody was talking about like, why did they take the belt off? Of Everybody Deanna? was talking about the finish, right? Right. But you know that they would, I feel like that's kind of forgettable now with with the title run that she's had right. when they gave the right. title back to her. I don't even know why they even pulled it off for to begin with. Can you imagine if she was still a champion from last year when she won it? What she beat Jordan Grace last year at Slammiversary? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine if she was on on like a year run like Roman Reigns on right now? Like. Then, then I wouldn't be so mad. It, well, I mean, I'm not really that mad, but you know what I mean. If they, right, if you wouldn't have mixed they, feelings about okay. it. You wouldn't right. have mixed feelings about uh, it. Yep. Right. That, but that situation last year is not this. Deanna has had a great run. I'm sure she'll end up winning it back at some point. I'm interested to see where the story goes from here. She's still one of the best in the business, and um, yeah, like I said, this honestly, this women's feud between Mickey and Deanna was built up so well too. Yep. All, yep. all everything, well, the vignettes, brawl, yep, the brawl in the barn, yep. in, in the in the barn, and yep. everything like that. Yep tremendous work this honestly and it's it's gonna go under the radar because like you said it's 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 impact and unfortunately you know they don't really get their recognition that aw wwe and everybody gets but this is one of the best feuds i'm not even gonna say women's feuds best feuds in wrestling i agree obviously up until this point so um you know uh, if it continues if putting the belt on mickey was a way to continue the, the feud Okay, we'll see. If it ends up with Deanna going over in the end, which I feel like Mickey and is a big enough fan of Deanna right, to know that right, in the right, end right. it's going to benefit Deanna. So. All right. I agree. I agree 110%. Maybe this feud does continue. And like you said, I couldn't agree with you more. This has been one of the best feuds of this year, man. Yeah. Just with all the, the, the brawls that they've been having, and they have great chemistry with each other. It was a really great match last night. I had mixed feelings about it. Like I'm not saying I'm not upset. That Mickey won it. I'm just like, man, but Deanna was just on such a good ride right now. But we'll yeah. see what happens. Maybe wow. this feed continues. Like, Just like Seth Rollins and Edge. Look at that. Like, you know, how they, they right. went on a series of three matches, and you know, we'll right. talk about I, that later. If they go on a series, if they have a trilogy, I don't think anybody would Right. Um, 
The Inspiration, the Iconics. Uh, they made their uh, <laughs> debut on Impact Bound for Glory last night. Oh, this is another one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is what I will say. Impact, for the most part, they've really done a good job with their women's division. And even their tag straps, you know, better than WWE. But last night with the Iconics debuting, they're called the Inspiration now. Um, they look beautiful, gorgeous, good for them. Um, <laughs> you don't know where to go. <laughs> them, them defeating Havoc and Rosemary in their first match for those tag titles just felt very WWE-like booking. Um, I'm happy for them. Good for them. But at the same time, it's like I kind of wish it wouldn't have happened in the first match. Does that make any sense to you, Ryan? I'm going to stop you right there because <clears throat> this is not a WWE move. I mean, in my opinion. WWE normally doesn't give people championships right out of the gate. They make you, they make them wait for it. They, they, they draw it out so much. I mean, impact is known to do this. They've done it plenty of times in the past. Austin Aries, right? He comes in, he, he beats, I think it was Eli Drake, right? He beat him for, for yeah, the, he for beat the him like, in two, like in two seconds too. It wasn't even a match. I think Austin right. Aries was still in yeah. his street clothes. Yeah, right. He walks through the door and he immediately becomes champion. There are other examples that I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but Impact is a track record of doing this. And I'm not taking anything away from the Iconics. I think they are decent talents. You know, I'm not going to say they're they're the greatest women's wrestlers out there. I mean, listen, I'm just I'm just going to I'm just stating facts. I don't right. think they're the they're the best women's wrestlers, but they're they're talented together. They have a thing going on. They're clearly very marketable. Um, they are were completely built for uh, women's tag titles. Okay, they they are a legit women's tag team. I'm happy to see them in Impact. It's uh, it, they deserve to be in in another company after WWE released them. Like I said, they they got something. They're very very talented, but I just don't understand. Like like you said, like why couldn't they? Why couldn't Rosemary? Uh, was it Havoc and Rosemary were yep. the champions? Yeah. Uh, why couldn't they have defended against somebody else, Taylor Wilde and somebody, right? I, I don't know. Why couldn't so, they have defended against them? And then after you see the Iconics come down, and then there you go, that's the next challengers, next feud, whatever, something like that. I just don't understand coming in and, and winning the titles are off the bat. Like, what did they do to deserve those championships? It, it, it's just, it, to me, I view it as a joke, you know? It, it's kind of just like, they don't, it, it seems like they don't have any other women's tag teams right now. So that's why they, they pulled this move. And, and I just, like I said, I don't, I just can't view this as like a feel good moment. Like, yeah, they, they became the champions yeah. because it's just kind of like. Listen, the, the, the diehard impact fans that actually travel to go to this bound for glory show that they were like in the front row or like the first couple of rows. Some of them were booing. They, they weren't happy that the havoc. Rose diehard Mary. impact fans. What was that? <laughs> yes, there's there diehard impact. Fans. Yes, there is. Uh, <laughs> that travel so, for the shows. Wow. So what we, you're we have learned in this episode, that Ryan's not only going to be taking shots from yeah, Ring of Honor on right? a weekly basis, but now Impact is catching it too. Yeah. <laughs> They're just an easy target. Nah, I, I, don't, I have nothing against it. <laughs> They're getting collateral. So, what you're telling me is that a team like this, they should have never been broken up in the first place? No! 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 Okay, just asking. <laughs> um, we'll, see. we'll see where this goes. I don't know if they're going to get booked. As still as faces, as heels, I, I, I don't know. Man. How would you book them? 
First of all, I wouldn't book them winning the titles. That, that's okay, a move so, for starters. Okay, but we're here. Now it's it's Monday morning. We have to start getting ready for this week. We have to start getting for tapings and everything. How would you book them? Book them as heels. Why? I would I would book them as heels because they're better as heels than faces. Okay. Ryan? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate the, them going heel. If you're asking me how I'm booking them, I have no freaking clue, bro. Like I said, I don't really know, like... Like, like I just said, like I feel like they put the belts on them because they have nobody else. So, like, who are they going to feud with besides the two that they just beat for the championships? I have no idea where you go from here. If you ask me how I'd book them, like, before they won the titles, I could probably throw up a scenario. But now right. that they're the yeah. champions, it's yeah. like it's kind of like, like, you bring them in, right? And, like, everybody wants to see them reach the pinnacle of becoming champions, right? right. Knockouts, tag team champions. Right. These belts were literally made for a tag team like them. Right. But now that they already did that, it's kind of just like, there's what's the chase? What's the story? Right. Nothing. They just get handed tag team title shot. Listen, if if they had if this run and impact ended at the next pay per view, would you say January, whatever it is? If they dropped the titles to Ro- Rosemary and Havoc at the next ones and the left impact, then hey, they had a successful run and impact. <laughs> they were the champions, and uh, <laughs> and that was it. Like, what else do they have to do? Like, like, like Leo just said, would you have broken them up? I don't know. Like, do they have singles runs and impact? I mean, I, I, I don't think so. That. I don't think so, right? So what, besides winning the tag titles, which is what they've already done right off the bat, it's kind of like, what else is there to accomplish, well, you know? Well, on other championships, uh, you know, talk, Jordan Grace, she's now the new oh. digital media champion. How do you feel about that, Ryan? <laughs> I could not care less. <laughs> I love Jordan Grace. Don't get me wrong. but Yo, she's a champ. Yo, she's a champ, man. Champ. Great. I'm very happy, very happy for her. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where, what to think about this championship, man. Like, I don't know. I, I, I picture myself logging into Twitter sometime this week and seeing Jordan Grace, like brawling on like an airplane, like with somebody for the digital media title. Like it's 24 seven title. I don't know. All right. Let's, let's That's enough of impact. talk. Let's talk about um, the, the finals of the G1. Let's talk about new Japan. Jesus Christ, bro. Um, man. So uh, we talked about it in the last episode. We talked about New Japan, how we, we weren't really invested in this year's G1, unfortunately, just as the situation in New Japan, how they're kind of running two separate brands. You have talent out here in the U.S., and then they're only running with specific talent in Japan, and then Naito gets hurt and shit. And So I wasn't as invested in this year's G1, but I was like, I need to watch this final. I need to watch this final. Who's it going to be? Okada reclaiming his top spot in New Japan once again. Or is it going to be a Kota Bushi with a three-peat? Well, we got the match. And prior to what happened in the finish, for a G1 main event, it was taking a while for them to get going. I thought it was a very slow match. Um, and then they started getting going. They started picking up the pace a little bit. And then, unfortunately, Kota Bushi goes for a Phoenix Splash, completely misses it, and he dislocates his shoulder. At least that's what they're reporting. Oh, so that's what they said? They dislocated uh, right shoulder, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And it was so crazy because at first I thought Kota Ibushi was just selling his arm, you know, because of the miss. And then next you thing you... didn't think anything of it. I didn't... Yeah, because it's Kota Ibushi, right? Next you know, they ring the bell, and I'm like, oh, no. Okada's in the corner, complete in shock. You could tell in his face. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then you see all the, the you know, the, the the young lions go in the ring. You have doctors going in the ring. And they're trying to pop his arm back in the socket. And it was just uh, visually, just watching, it was very, very uncomfortable. 
And I think like at one point when they finally after like I want to say like five, five, six, seven minutes of just kind of dealing with this or whatever, and Okada's just looking at him, feeling terrible, whatever, kind of trying to talk to him too. Mm-hmm. I think they end up popping his arm back in socket. Yeah. Right. That was tough to and watch. you could tell, and I think they said this on commentary too. Um, Kevin Kelly, and I always forget my guy's name. Um, Charlton. Char- uh, Chris Charlton. I always forget the dude's name. He, he's great. And he goes yeah. like, it, it seems like Kota Ibushi still wants to go. And Okada's telling him like, no, we'll do it in some other time. Like you need to, like your health comes first or whatever, mm-hmm. which I love that. I love that um, wrestling brethren with Okada just telling him like, dude, we're, we're going to do it again. Don't worry. Don't, like we're going to do this again when you get healthy, 110, like 100% again. But um, so if that wasn't big news already, right? Like Okada wins the G1 in a very controversial fashion due to injury or whatever, which I don't think ever has happened, right? Then his post-match um, comments backstage, it's like, holy shit, what just happened here? So this guy gets on the mic and starts talking. He, he completely like dismisses the IWGP World Championship. He's not even acknowledging that. He's not even, he's, you know, he's saying that he's the best in New Japan. He proved it by being the G1. And he's kind of claiming and saying that he's the IWGP heavyweight champion. And you're like, what the fuck? If the world championship situation wasn't already convoluted and just like a mess with technically two world champions, we have Will Ospreay defending the champ- the IWGP world champion in the States right here in New Japan Strong and stuff, which he did this past weekend, right? Carrying that title, saying he's the real world champion. All right. We got Shingo defending his version of IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in Japan. Now we're getting another curveball. Okada's like, you know what? I don't even want the briefcase. I'm the world champion. I'm the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, which is another world title, okay? And he's just completely dismissing the other championship. He's like, listen, if Shingo wants to prove who's a world champion, he could challenge me for this title. An hour ago, New Japan Pro Feed in English, right, which is their official one. Just posted this. It's back. <laughs> I did see that, yeah. So, <laughs> bro, if so this... So figure it out, Mario. <laughs> if this world title situation wasn't a mess already in New Japan, let me tell you something. Okada just threw another curveball in, mm-hmm. and it's going to be very interesting what we get going into Russell Kingdom. Because in theory right now, if if Okada if they if New Japan gives this championship belt back to Okada, which I'm hoping I'm praying to the wrestling gods, this is what we get. We're gonna well, have. They oh, they did. Okay. This morning he came out with it. Yeah. Yeah. So in theory, now we have not one Ryan, not two, but three world champions yeah, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Ryan, talk to me. Talk to me about Kota Ibushi's injury, and what do you think about this whole world title situation? Man, a lot to digest here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I think yeah. the bottom line though is Mario, and you can agree, is New Japan's back, baby. Yeah, they got me back. Hook line. Yeah, I'm back, yeah, baby. yeah, back, baby. Woo, oh, woo. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm, oh, oh my God. I'm so. They got me. They got me, bro. They got it's me. It's Wrestle Wrestle Kingdom scenes that oh, is yeah. upon us. It's time to get back into this. Let's get this Woo. Wrestle Kingdom theme going. Come on. Hell yeah, baby. Oh, I'm, I'm psyched. And, and everything is going to be so interesting, like you just said. Um, all right, I'll start off with the Kota Ibushi injury. Listen, this guy can't catch a damn break, man. Nope. I mean, he's had the worst luck this year out of anybody. I mean, bringing in the, the, the championship in the beginning of the year, nobody liked that decision. Drops it to to Will Ospreay. 
um, you know, goes out with pneumonia at, at some point this year. Just and then this, like he, this guy has had the worst year, probably the worst year you could ever possibly imagine having. Kota Ibushi takes the cake on that one, um, and I just felt so bad. And what a shitty way to end what seemed like a, a fun tournament. You know, you never want to see this happen, but you never want to see this happen at all. But the fact that like it happened in this type of match in the G1 Finals, I mean, that's that's just oh, that's such a huge blow. Um, it was crazy because I thought it was his wrist for a second. I thought it was his um, his arm. Kevin Kelly said, oh, I think Cody Bushi broke his arm. But then, like, and I, and Chris Charlton even said, too, like, he was surprised the camera was showing this. But, like, they're literally popping his shoulder back in in the middle of the ring. And you could see him, like, crying out in, in agony and, like, moving his his legs and, and like, just kind of, like, you know, can't sit still. And, like, it even grab Okada's arm. It was very disturbing to watch, bro. Very disturbing. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough, man. And then, like the psychopath that he is, he wants to. <laughs> I guess I don't he, know if they popped it back in or he not. Wants but he wants to finish the yeah. match. He wants to go again. I'm like, dude, they, they just called off the match. They're playing Okada's music. Like you're done. That's it. It's over. They're not gonna restart this thing. Okay. Like, like, listen. I mean, I respect the hell out of that. But yes. I mean, come on. You just gotta be realistic in that situation. Um, so, and also kudos to Red Shoes Uno, man. He's one of the best refs in the business. This is what referees are 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 made to do. Obviously, he knew that something was up right away. Right. Made the right call. He wasted no time, bro. He did not even contemplate. Yeah. yeah. He called the match off right away. So kudos to him. Also credit to Okada, too, just being very yeah. um, sympathetic to Kota Bushi, checking up on yeah. him, just telling him, like, listen, we're going to do this again. You have nothing to worry about. You need to you need to get better. You need We need to figure out your oh, no. situation out. You know, he's a true leader, man. He really is. He, he really he shows that time and time again. And this is just another example of that. Um, and they will do it again. Obviously, yeah. I mean, how, this is like how many times have we seen this match already to begin with? It, it's going we're going to see it again. So I'm not even the slightest bit worried about that. Right. Um, but Okada wins. I assume he was supposed to win in the first. Place. Yeah. Especially what we got crazy. to what we got in the. Pr- right. There's no way that happened with five minutes. Like, listen, you're going to say this. This is that. No, right. this is right. all right. going to happen. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what so if it would have gone the other won. way? <laughs> what was that? What if it would have gone the other way, where the other guy would have popped his shoulder? Like right? if O'Connell would have gotten hurt, then yeah. then we would have been fucked, and we would have <laughs> we would have seen this beautiful title back. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. So yeah, the sorry. World title switch. Man, <laughs> right. this is this is interesting, but very confusing at the same time. Um, so I just before we went on the air, I did see a clip that I guess New Japan had one of their house shows, uh, the Road to Power yep. Struggle yep. this morning, mm-hmm. and um, Okada came out with the, with the championship, which is what he wanted. And um, oh man, he, I listen. I'm happy, and obviously if they're bringing it back, that's got to be a good sign that like maybe I don't know, maybe they're starting to realize like okay, this belt is cursed, and it's just not, <laughs> it's just not what we planned when we wanted to introduce a new title. So we're gonna go back to the old old version of the heavyweight championship. I don't know. But, like, I don't know if you even understand it, too, Mario, but, like, so he says he wants the belt instead of the contract. So he's not getting the briefcase, not getting no. the contract. He's getting the belt. Yes. Then he says he's going to hold the belt until he faces Ibushi again. But, like, I, I just don't uh, understand what Endgame is no. here. Like, I don't I don't understand what he was saying in his comments and, like, the press conference. I read the article in English. I have no freaking idea what he was saying. So, okay. Like, I don't so, get it. So, all right. After I watched that press conference, right? Now, keep in mind, I'm like two rebels in watching uh, watching the show because I'm like, I got to stay up for this. I got to stay up and watch this new G1 final. And then <clears throat> after the injury happened, I was fucking wide awake. And then the press conference, I'm like, 
Holy fuck. Oh, and then on top of that, Shibata returns, right? So that, that's, a, that's oh, another situation. Yeah, we'll get into we'll, that. We'll get yeah. into that, right? <clears throat> so I'm wide awake at this point, and I couldn't believe it. I, I, like, I couldn't believe. I, I don't know if I was more shocked of Shibata coming back, Kota Bushi's injury, or the fact that Okada doesn't even want the, in, the, 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 the briefcase anymore. He's declaring himself the heavyweight champion. So I was just, I couldn't get over it, dude. I couldn't get over it. So now I'm... I'm 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 booking the territory, right? I'm booking how would I do this? This is a theory I came up with. In theory, we got three world champions, right? We have three Wrestle Kingdom nights in January, okay? This is how I book it. If if Kota Bushi gets healthy again, this is how I would book it. Night one, who's the real world champion? Shingo versus Osprey. To decide who's the real world champion for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Night two, the rematch. Obushi Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Who really is, who really was supposed to win the G1 in theory, right? And then who really is the real heavyweight champion, okay? Obviously, I think Okada's going to go over Kota Obushi. I do not see Kota Obushi going over. Then we finally find out who's the real IWGP champion of New Japan. Is it either Osprey or Shingo or Okada? I, if I had to book it, I would have Osprey go over, Shing, uh, go over Shingo, and then either way, whatever you want to do with either Okada or Osprey at the last night of Wrestle Kingdom, either route would work. You could either put Okada back in that New Japan top spot, which he hasn't been in, in I think two years at this point, or you could go into New Blood and just really give this moment to Will Osprey in Wrestle Kingdom. Then from there. I would keep the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Obviously, recognize that as a world title like everyone did in the past. For the New Japan Cup, you crown the new Intercontinental Champion. I love it. I love it. And I think, I'm just a talker, so, bro. That's so what I do. Is, I'm just a talker. That's what I do. <laughs> get Gato on the phone right now, man. You're hired. Uh, I, I, I think the, your Wrestle Kingdom theory, I think, is spot on. I think with three nights, this is what they're going to end up doing. Um, I think the end game has to be Okada and Will Ospreay. Um, I think, wasn't that supposed to be the main event of the Tokyo Dome show back in May? And then because of COVID, they had to cancel that show. Yes, yes. And then yes. Ospreay got hurt. And yep. every, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I think, I don't know if they had, yeah, they had to cancel it, right? It wasn't Ospreay getting hurt. It was one or the other. Um, but I Ospreay, think, you know, wasn't, I, no, Ospreay did get hurt, remember? And he had to relinquish the title. And then it was Shingo and Okada. And okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's how out of tune this yeah. whole year for New Japan after WrestleMania. Well, they got us back, being... baby. They got us back. <laughs> yeah, it's been such a blur. Um, but now we're now we're back, and I'm I'm happy about it. I'm excited about it. Um, but I think yeah, Endgame has to be Okada and Will Ospreay in a major, um, major match in a major mm -hmm. venue. Um, I know that like the third show, there's two Tokyo Dome shows, and then the other ones at Yokohama That's the way it Arena. Or it's a, I think it's a, it's another big stadium show though, or something like that. Um, so that maybe that'll be end game there. But um, I think that's what it leads to. And yeah, I mean, listen, the fact that they brought this belt back is just now into the into the mix again. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, I just love how like Okada just dismisses the world heavyweight. I know it's so now. good. It's like it's as so it's a good. piece of shit, you know. And, like, it's so good. And it, it's kind. It's kind of. It kind of sucks for Shingo, though, you know, that he's in that position of, like, holding this championship that obviously 
seems worthless now in, it, in, in the eyes it of some worked, people. It worked for Osprey because Osprey was doing such great heel work, so it it worked to his advantage, right? While when Kota Bushi had it, everybody was looking at him like, "Yo, fuck you, bro! You took our title <laughs> away from us. Like it's because of you. We have this piece of shit title, right?" And then for Shingo, it's like, "Okay, you're you're the champ. We're happy for you. You have this accolade, but." One, it's like, are you really the world champion? And two, it's like, that title's a piece of shit. So, and it's ugly, too. <laughs> it's actually grown on me since the, the initial picture. It's, it's you know, which all titles you it, used it, to do. It still looks like the Divas title, This is bro. what How I yeah, feel about oh, yeah. the title, I'm... I'm consent with it i i don't like it but i'm i'm like whatever with it i still don't like the title but i'm just happy we got this heavyweight championship back just seeing that beautiful championship on okada right it just it just makes me so happy and like what you said the fact that okada just completely disrespects that title it just reminds me of um remember when koto bushi got on the mic i forgot on one of these shows it might have been when he uh defeated um Desperado, if I'm not mistaken. And I remember Tanahashi was on commentary and he just looked at Kota Ibushi with disgust. Like, you remember? Remember? Yeah, and yep. he looked at Kota Ibushi with so much disgust and it was like, that's how we all feel. That's how we I all know. feel about this crappy title. Uh, one but of you the know things... what sucks? Go ahead, Leo. No, I'm saying one of the things that we got to remember about New Japan is they book a year out. They book yep. months out. So a lot of these things... <laughs> All they got to change is a couple of little details here and there, but they're still booking it out. So when they brought out that title, I'm pretty sure it wasn't like, hey, we're just going to bring out a new title. They actually were booking this because they did talk about the, the three nights. So, again, with New Japan, it's not like they're just throwing shit to the wall, hope it sticks. They're actually booking these things out. Now, with the injury, it kind of worked in their favor because right. now you leave that open. But I think what Mario is saying about the three nights, I think that's actually what's going to happen. And plus, you get rid of that belt. I, I don't like to pat myself on the back at all, but I really do hope that the story I just shared with you guys, like on how we could get to Russell Kingdom with the, the championship defenses and then finally figuring out who's the real champion of New Japan, I really hope we get that. And that that's what plays out. I really hope so. And then for the New, Jap the New Japan Cup, we get like to crown the new Intercontinental Championship, another title that holds so much rich history to it. And, and I don't know, I just feel like for the New Japan Cup, it adds like a different meaning to it because now it's like, okay, we're crowning a new champion instead of like mm -hmm. challenging for a title. Yeah, I mean, I love that. I just don't understand like, unless like, like what Leo said, like, you know, they book in advance. So unless like this whole, this was the plan the whole entire time to never actually get rid of the heavyweight title for good mm -hmm. and just introduce this new championship as a way to get to like three nights of wrestle kingdom make things spike things spice things up a little bit you know um imagine that was the whole entire plan the whole entire time that would be hilarious but also at the same time sucks for shingo sucks for will osprey because if they get rid of this title unless they get runs with the heavyweight title just I, I think that's what I, back. I feel like i feel like the the the, the lineage is not going to Osprey and, and Shingo are still going to be considered world champions after this. Like they, they, yeah, they're, but it's it, it, it's going to be like a little bit like there's going to be like just kind of like I don't even know how I want to word this. But it's kind of just like there's always going to be like uh, something about it though because it just wasn't like the world. It wasn't the heavyweight title, you know. Like I mean, it was, but it was like the world heavyweight title. It's a title nobody liked. So it's like <laughs> their reigns are going to go under. Their reigns are going to go under that championship, the like I said, unless they win the heavyweight title. Well, and it's just kind of like there's like a little like you can't really look back on it too fondly because it's just like eh, like it, nobody really wanted that to begin with. So it's kind of just like 
I wish they would have never really done it to two great guys like that um, that deserve, obviously, way better. But like I said, if they end up winning the heavyweight title at some point, if that's the case, if they, this new title goes bye-bye and the heavyweight comes back for good. I hope so, um, man. I really do, too. It just, like I said, I, I just feel like it's such a waste of like having Osprey and Shingo hold these, these, these two titles. And whoever designed this new world title, it's like, damn, man, what a slap to the face. Like, I created this title, I which I thought was a masterpiece, even though it's they not really. They put so much work into it. Everything re was so representative of, like, Dude, you know, look, the look old at that. titles. Yeah. All right, so, so here's the picture that uh, Ryan was talking about look before. Look at how beautiful that championship looks. Look at that. That, that 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 now that's a world title right there. That's a fucking world title right there. It's 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 literally easily the best world championship that I have ever besides the world heavyweight in WWE. Right, 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 I love right. that belt too. Right. It, it's easily one of the most beautiful belts I've ever laid my eyes on. That oh my god. Look, beautiful. That now that's a champion right there. That's a fucking champion right there. Listen, thank you New Japan. Thank you Okada. Thank you Wrestling Gods for bringing this championship back. I I'm so fucking happy. I'm in, baby. Yeah. I'm in a new Japan again. Hey, I'm in. Let's go, baby. The card for Power Struggle was just released. It looked pretty good, too. So, reel me in, baby. I'll wake up at 4 in the morning again. And, uh, oh, man. Yeah, bro. Ready to go. Red Bull in hand. I'm so fucking hyped, dude. I'm, Who I'm... needs sleep? Yeah. All right, dude. Let's talk about Shibata. So, um... This dude, Zack Sabre Jr., which for those that, that, that have been, you know, diehards of the Lucha Outsider show, no, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, but he you come, are. He's your favorite wrestler. Absolutely not. So he comes out. Um, nobody had a clue what was going on, all right? Kevin Kelly and uh, Chris Charlton were selling it like, what the hell is Zack Sabre Jr. coming out? He comes out and he comes out with like, you know, his little jacket and some shorts, you know, some like, you know, like they look like kind of like MMA shorts or whatever. He comes out and then Shibata's music hits. And the fucking place blows up. And in my and listen, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's really coming out. Like, what, what the hell are we gonna see here? Are they gonna have a face off? Are they gonna make an announcement or whatever? So we get like a five minute expi uh, exhibition match, okay? Uh, UWF rules, which is kind of like MMA style, blood sport esque, okay? Listen, Shibata looked great, man. He looked really, really good. Um, and I love that. Even though the match was like a draw, and like I said, it was just an exhibition, not nothing crazy. I love that afterwards both guys shook hands, even though in theory Zack Zaber Jr. is a heel. I, it just goes to show you that kind of like broke kayfabe for a quick second. It just shows how much respect he has for Shibata. And Shibata got on the mic afterwards and said that the next time he's going to be in the wrestling ring, he's going to actually have a wrestling match. So nice. what do you think about this, Ryan? It was crazy. Um, definitely not something that I ever uh, pictured or imagined happening on this show. Very interesting to do that type of uh, match, if you even want to call it a match. Basically, just get to get Shibata's feet wet a little bit and to just give the, the live crowd something to, you know, pop over. And, um, I mean, I, I listen, watching it on watching it back on, on New Japan World, too, I, I popped huge for it. It's so funny, too, because we were just talking about Chris Charlton. Man, you could tell, like, I, I, mean, I love the guy. So he's so excited. <laughs> he marks out so much for these moments. He, he's literally one of us. It's so freaking funny. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great moment. And at the end, when he says he's going to have a match, um, you know, as I'm watching this and, you know, I, I didn't, um, I didn't watch it live, uh, this part of, of the show. I didn't wake up early to watch that, but as I'm seeing it on my, on my timeline, I'm seeing like that Shibata did this with Zack Sabre Jr. I said right off the bat, I'm like, all right, he's, it's, this has got to lead to another match. Like, like, what are you doing? He, he, they've already teased us enough in the past with him coming out and do physical things and right. stuff like that and never led to anything. But now you're actually seeing him compete in some sort of like you know competition here. Uh, I, I felt like I knew right away this had to lead has to lead to something, and um, it's awesome, man. Listen, I saw a tweet that said like you know um, 
Christian Cage, Brian Danielson, Shibata, all these guys that were forced to like retire early uh, at different points in their careers because of injuries are now like all back and, and competing in, in 2021. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, it just goes to show that like, you just give it time. Um, you, you trust in in the medicine that's out there. You trust in doctors, and everything heals itself. And you know, it, it's just crazy to see uh, Shibata coming. I I have always been a huge fan of him, and I think this has to lead to him and Kenta at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Way, yep. Just because I don't see any other opponent, unless they want to run back to Zack Saber Jr. and have an actual match, or would not be. I'll post that whatsoever. Uh, uh, but, uh, unless Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson wants to show up at the Tokyo Dome and just challenge him. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. The fact that we can see Brian Danielson Shibata, that's, oh, a, that's a legit reality oh, in 2022. Oh it's, it's, that's unbelievable. Man. So Holy nuts, shit. dude. So nuts. Uh, yeah, it was a good feel, a moment, man. I'm, I'm happy for Shibata. I'm happy that, you know, we're one step closer to get him back, even if it's just on a part-time basis where he doesn't have matches all the time. But, listen, I'll take that, man. And <clears throat> the fact that you said in 2021... Shibata and Brian Danielson is a possibility. Holy shit, bro. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> dude, wrestling in 2021 has been off the freaking rails, bro. Like 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 literally like it's just it's um, how could it get much better than this? You, you think how could it get much better and it does. It just <laughs> it really does. does. It's freaking unreal and 2022 is already shaping up to be an incredible year. Oh man. Listen, New Japan got us back, bro. What I'm I'm listen, I haven't been this excited for New Japan in like so long, bro. <laughs> Since Wrestle Kingdom of this year. Or, or when, when Will Ospreay beat um um um, um Kotobushi. What he Yeah, but yeah, right, for the championship. I have not been this happy. Uh actually, you know, I was happy for Shingo too, but I was just so checked out yeah. from New Japan at that point. But yeah. um yeah, listen, they give real me back in Wrestle Kingdom season. It's a beautiful, most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, in. Definitely excited. Uh, listen, um, we we normally, you know, not 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 that we that we bashed up with the V and stuff, but you know, there's a lot of we're realistic. A, we're realistic, but you know, for a Money in the Sand show, Money in the Sand six, all right. I'm gonna go on record and say this was their best Saudi show and one of their better pay per views of this year when it comes to yeah. WWE. I thought Crown Jewel delivered big time. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's talk about this Hell in the Cell match. It was pleasantly entertaining. Yes. Edge and <laughs> Seth Rollins. Let me just throw it out there. This was the best WWE show of the year. Wow. Okay. Bomb no, drop no, right no there. Doubt about it. To, and to add on to I what Ryan is saying, to add on what Ryan is saying, I actually added this show to the list of events that you we did? have to break down for this year. Yeah. For the Luchis? Yeah, yeah, for the Luchis. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is how good I thought the show was. Now, let's get into it. Hell in a Cell, Seth Rollins, Edge. I added this match to the list. I thought this was an amazing Hell in a Cell match. I haven't been this invested for a Hell in a Cell match since Bailey and Sasha, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought this match was incredible. The weapons they used, everything they did on this match was dope. And <clears throat> How did they get WD-40 in Saudi Arabia? Uh, maybe they bought it in Saudi Arabia. Just asking. <laughs> I can't, I can't even take a fucking bottle of water than telling me they took WD-40 all the way over there. Go ahead, Dali. It's uh, <laughs> watching Seth and Edge work. It really goes to show me, at least, they in many ways, Seth Rollins is kind of like a mirror image of Edge, just younger, obviously. They, they're they so alike. Um, you know, obviously not because they have long hair and beards. Not because not of that, but just <laughs> their wrestling logic. Their style. The way they tell stories in the ring. 
it's like they were meant for each other, even though with even with that ed- age gap in between, um, they just have such great chemistry, and, and this match was just incredible, man. It, it, it I, I tweeted it out after after this happened. This is the best Hell in a Cell match we've seen in years. Yep. Um, not not, not discrediting anything away from Sasha and and Bailey. Yep. And I thought when um, Sasha and Becky had their Hell in a Cell yeah. match too. I forget what year that was. It was pre-pandemic i yeah. feel like it was um 2019 i think that was great too but this was just so freaking good this trilogy between these two guys is going to go down as one of the best feuds uh that we have ever seen and it's i'm glad about that because ever since you know when when edge came back this is when rollins uh first uh you know when he was mr money in the bank and all that stuff and he was with the authority and stuff like that i remember when he him and edge had that little um confrontation or whatever when Edge obviously was still retired and things like that. And I love how now we're sitting here talking about an amazing feud that these two just had. I, I just, I've wanted to see it ever since then, and I'm glad we got it, and it couldn't have been any better. SummerSlam, Madison Square Garden, Crown Jewel, yep. just three really amazing matches. The story, too. We always talk about WWE storytelling, the creativity, the storylines, how shit it always is. This was really <laughs> well built up. Uh, Rollins breaking into Edge's house. Uh, I mean, that this was just—I mean, the whole feud w- w- was damn near perfect. And this it culminated in a great Hell in a Cell. These two guys went out there and freaking killed it. What a way to open the show! I, I said I was shocked that they opened the show with this because, like, all right, well, a good, it's all downhill from here. That's what I said. It's all downhill. <laughs> they opened up with one of the best matches you yep. could ever yep. open with. It's all downhill. And boy, was I wrong because the show just got better and better and better. Uh, and, and I'm happy to say that. And but go- man, yeah, kudos to Edge. Kudos to Seth Rollins. This also reminded everybody, or it should have reminded everybody, that Seth Rollins is still one of the best yep. talents in this freaking business. I he agree. has been hitting his stride as a heel again. He needed to take some time to find himself after the whole Fiend shit and after just having a terrible 2019 <clears throat> after WrestleMania winning the championship and all that stuff. Um, he has found his stride again, and he has been knocking shit out of the park. Seth Rollins is one of the all-time greats. Yep. Edge, ever since coming back, has just been freaking phenomenal. And um, I think this feud and these matches with Rollins has to be my favorite matches that Edge has had since coming back. I agree 110%. Listen, Edge, since making his return, he has delivered in the ring. I don't think he's had a bad match, but these series of matches, Jesus Christ, bro. You know, when we talk about, like, Edge feuds in the past, you know, we talk about his feud with John Cena, obviously. That's, like, one of the number ones that, that pops up in, like, his feud with even Christian Christian back in the day. Also, his feud with Undertaker or whatever. I think we could throw Seth Rollins' name in there. This trilogy of matches have been that impactful and that great. Can, can I just say, too, I love one of the spots in that match when Seth Rollins wraps the chain <sighs> around his boot for any and, and, and he delivers those kicks. I thought he was going for the, the curb stomp with it. And, uh... Man, like how like how neat was that? Right? Edges, like like something we I don't think we've ever seen before. Edge's facials are fucking yeah. next level. Like he really makes you believe that when he gets kicked, like he's concussed. You know, like he looks like no yeah. one's there. His eyes are just like his selling ability is just fucking amazing, bro. When they showed the replay of of Rollins kicking him with the with the chain on, I mean yeah, I'm, maybe I'm just a mark over here, but like that impact, like it looked like he actually made some sort of like impact on that on that kick, or I mean, or or like what you said, Edge is just really freaking damn good at selling. But like, damn, like that, like I said, that was just I thought that was so cool. I I thought it definitely had to be 
um, mentioned about how cool that spot was because I thought it was just so creative. And mm-hmm. I always appreciate new things because in today's day and age of wrestling, right. I mean, come on, we've seen everything there is out Especially there. Especially right? in a Hell in but a Cell just, match. Right. I just thought this was so unique and so cool. I don't know if Rollins came up with this himself or if anybody else did. I mean, just bravo, man. I, that was incredible. Another spot that made me pop out of my seat was um, at one point, Edge was down and Seth tried to get on the top rope. It looked like he wanted to do like a Phoenix Splash or something. Edge yeah. pushed him. Rons oh flew to the cage and then landed on the table. And he got high up there, dude. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, dude, <laughs> this was a crazy bump. <laughs> I mean, on freaking but this, this was like one of the craziest table bumps I've ever seen. Yeah, like, it was it was nuts, the, bro. It was nuts. The way he like he he threw himself into the cage yep. and then just like dropped like a like a fly that you swat outside that just drops onto the ground. Like I'm telling you, man, incredible. I, I can't say enough good things about this match. It, it's one of the matches that, like, you know, like, when a match is really good and you go back and watch it over yeah. and over, like, when you're thinking of, like, when you're bored sometimes and, and you want to watch a really good wrestling match and you're trying to be like, all right, well, w- which one should I watch? Oh. This one is going to come to my mind as, as one of those matches that you could always go back and watch. I also enjoyed how the match ended where Edge hit that curb stomp on yep. on Rollins. I thought, it was like, wow, man, that... It's just, they're both great storytellers. Just like what you said, I think people kind of forget when it comes to Rollins. Just because, uh, you know, in, his, in the past, he's been, you know, kind of whiny on Twitter and stuff, whatever. And just some of the other stuff, bad, you know, behind the scenes stuff or maybe some of the comments he's had. Sometimes people forget and they take that to heart and they forget how much of a great talent Rollins is. And I, listen, I've been critical on Rollins, but one thing I will never deny and say, like, he isn't is a great talent because he's a fucking amazing talent. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. That's how good Seth Rollins is. Yeah, and, and and it's crazy. Like um, he deserves to be appreciated more. I right. feel like because and it's similar to people like I'm gonna bring up Charlotte as an example too. Uh, like everybody's so sick and tired of her, right? Because of her her multiple title runs and this and that. But right. it's like when talents like them are no longer active performers and they're gone and retired <clears throat> or whatever. I'm not saying they're not gonna come back. Because right, look right, at right. Goldberg, look at Undertaker, look at all these guys, right? But like once they're not full time competitors anymore, we really are going to miss the shit out. Because yep. we are so freaking lucky to have, you know, people say, oh, you know, uh, WWE can't create a new stars. They, they don't have anybody like, like who's going to be a big name like John Cena was, is or was or The Rock or Stone Cold. But you know what? Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Charlotte Flair. I mean, you could just name those three right there that are massive, massive. And, and, and Sasha Banks, too. Becky Lynch, Bailey. Those, th- those people right there are going to go down as some of the all-time greats. I mean, they're easily... All of them are Hall of Famers. All right. the ones that I just just mentioned. So I just feel like you know, like, and this is just more an example. When you see performances like this from Seth Rollins, I just feel like we need to appreciate what we have because we have some talented freaking guys that we're lucky that we get to see compete on you know a, a weekly basis. So um, I just I just feel like after this performance, Rollins deserves to be appreciated a lot more. Yeah, I agree, one hundred ten percent. Uh, all right. I don't. I don't want to touch too much on this, but I uh, let's just mention it. The King of the Ring tournament, the the Queen's Crown tournament. Listen, um, I'm happy for Xavier Woods. Um, I'm really interested on the booking of Finn Balor going forward because I feel like he's taken a lot of L's already compared to his NXT run. Okay, so I'm really cu- curious to see what Finn does in Raw and. As for, as for the Queen's Crown Tournament, oh, winner. Listen, man, um, not necessarily the picks I would have gone to the final, Zelina Vega <laughs> and Dewdrop, okay? If it was to me, it was for me, I would have had Shayna Baszler win the whole thing. That's just me. 
Um, but if you're picking the lesser of two evils here, when it comes to Dude Drop and Zelina Vega, I'm happy Zelina Vega won because listen, Dude Drop, I, I just the name, just I know she's good in the ring and stuff, but she really, it's not her fault. Can't take her serious, right? I, and I don't want to, I don't want to make it like I'm picking on her, right? Because it's not her; it's her booking and what they're doing with her. She, she, they, they haven't given me a reason to give a shit about her. Like she's not Rebel yeah. Wilson, she's not Amy Schumer, like she's not a comedic character. Like why can't she just be a badass? You know, like why can't she just be Piper Niven? All right, like I, I just hate the bullshit that WWE um, gives these talents or whatever. And I said I like Zelina Vega, right? Is she, you know, is she a fucking, um, you know, uh, an amazing wrestler like a Io Shirai or anything like that? No, or Sasha Banks? No, she's not that. But you know, she is a talented uh, performer when it comes to like what she says on the mic. She always kills it. So I think she could do something with this queen gimmick. Um, and that's about it, man. I don't know. I don't know if you want to add anything else to these tournaments or whatever. But that's all I got here. <laughs> well, well, I'm happy for Xavier Woods. Um. Me too. I'm not, I wasn't aware of this, but he apparently has been talking about this for like a while. This has been on his bucket yep. list, a, a dream of his. Yep. Not to win the world title or any championships. It was to be king of the ring. You just don't hear that. Um, anybody ever say that. So I'm glad he won it. And I, after he, after he like advanced, and I, you could just kind of see uh, the way it was going. And I just felt like he, he was destined to win it all. Finn Balor didn't need this gimmick, right? I mean, people are going to say, oh, he took another L and he, He's going nowhere and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, in this case, I was happy he took the L. He doesn't need this shit, this shitty gimmick. Um, Xavier Woods is going to have a blast with this. He's going to kill it. Um, he's going to have fun with it. And, you know, like I said, it just gives it, it gives the New Day as a group another accolade. Because, let's face it, Kofi, WWE champ, Big E, WWE champ. I don't think Xavier Woods was ever going to win the big one, right? So if this maybe, is his maybe I see. Maybe the Intercontinental, maybe. right? Right, and right. maybe, and if that he hasn't, he hasn't won that yet, right? So I don't. At this point, who even knows? So if this was his, you know, uh, crowning achievement, and this is obviously something he cares more about than the world title, then it's an A plus, and he definitely deserves it. This guy's been busting his ass. He's a great talent. Um, I, I'm, his promo afterwards, I don't know if you saw it, where he gets really emotional. Yeah, yep. Um, just, just a great dude, man. So definitely deserving of that. I thought the match was good. As for the Queen's Crown, this tournament was a complete joke. I don't think any of the matches went over three minutes long. Nope. Um, it was just, it was booked terribly. It, something that should not, never have happened. Um, like you said, could not have picked two worse people for the finals. Um, and again, not really taking anything away from the two individuals themselves. But like, WWE has just not given us any reason to care. I mean, I think Zelina Vega lost like her previous 15 matches in a row. Ever right. since she came back, she loses all the time. And, and now all of a sudden she goes on a winning streak and, and beats credible people in this tournament to, to, you know, to win, to win. I just, I think it's stupid, but uh, we'll see where it goes with it. And um, yeah, that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, what surprised me a bit on this show, Goldberg and Lashley. I yeah. was pretty surprised on what we got from those two and not taking away nothing from Lashley. Cause you know, Lashley has been putting some of his best work this year I'm sure we're going to talk about him at the end of the year when when we break down, um, you know, uh, male wrestlers of the year. But man, yo, what we got from Goldring last year was really really cool, man. And that that you know, if for for an older man that that you know doesn't move as quick, and he's always been like kind of like a stiff, kind of like I move like a robot type of guy. Hey, man, I, I was entertained on what we got between Lashley and Goldberg, and I thought the finish was pretty cool too. Listen, I'm going to give Goldberg a lot of credit here. I'm not a Goldberg fan at all, but man, I mean, how could you deny his performance here? Yeah. Um, 
in the match, I think, went 11 minutes long, so it wasn't a typical <laughs> Goldberg match. And he worked his ass off, yeah. you know? He really did. Um, this was uh, 10 times better than the SummerSlam match, if you want to even call it a match. That, that, that SummerSlam gimmick was, like, just basically Bobby Lashley dominating the whole thing, so it really just, uh, obviously, this was going to be way better. And, uh, dude, the finish looked great, man. Like, that spear, <laughs> oh, it, it, the visual was so cool. The camera got it at the, at the most perfect angles. This was great, man. This really was. I, like I said, I probably the best Goldberg match I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to curse, but uh, this shit was just <laughs> so it good. It was damn good, man. Yeah. It was it was good. And um, like you said, a lot of credit to Bobby Lashley too. I know you you said before um, when like that when we talk about the Luchis and stuff like that, um, Roman Reigns and and Kenny Omega are gonna be like the two guys we really talk about. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of credit deserves. Uh, yep. To go to Bobby Lashley, yep. too. He's had a great year. Yes. Uh, he's been, been booked. He's been booked this year the way he's supposed to be booked this whole entire time, ever since he stepped yep. foot back into the door in WWE. Um, this is great. Where he goes from here, I don't know. Um, I do not really care that he lost. Listen, he it, it was bound to happen that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this, Like I said, this was just really, really well done. And Goldberg is, <laughs> if, there's one place that, if there's one place that Goldberg is massively over it, that's Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia yeah, they, lo- yeah. they love them some Goldberg over there. They do, man. They do. So um, uh, hats off to both of them. It was great. Yeah, it was, it was a really good match. And, um, you know, like, you know, we're, we're praising Bobby Lashley here, too. Uh, you know, credit to him, too, just having such a great year of dominance. You know, even, yeah. even him dropping the world title to Big E or whatever, I feel like didn't hurt him at all. No, no. Listen, he, his run... I don't really know, like, how much longer it was going to go anyways. Right. So, you know, it was the right move. Uh, speaking of Big E, uh, Big E, Drew McIntyre, they put on a great match, too. And, you know, Big E got a really big win over Drew. Besides the opener with Edge and Seth Rollins, this was my favorite match on the card. I mean, mm-hmm. holy crap. These guys which just went move to, like, pound for pound. Like, it, this was just, like, there was no downtime in this, right? Like, there was, like... Literally, like, big move after big move and just back and forth, back and forth. Right. These two monsters, man. I mean, these two are great, tremendous talents, too. And it just goes to show, again, like I was talking about Seth Rollins, more great talents that WWE has on their roster, right? Drew McIntyre, Big E. I knew this was going to kick ass, and and it definitely did. And um, obviously nobody thought Drew McIntyre was going to win this match. Um, But, man, it it was damn good. Like I said, it was, besides the opener, I think my favorite match on this card. I, I want to leave. I'm, I, w- I want to talk about the main event now because I there's a lot to uncover when it comes to the women's situation. The yeah, okay. So let's put that on hold. Let's talk about this main event between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, and then kind of cover what happened at SmackDown. Dude, you went to WrestleMania, so I, I, I kind of want you to kind of tell me the the feeling you get with Roman Reigns' entrance because. Every time I see Roman Reigns come out on my TV, I am glued to the television set because his theme song, his presence when he walks out, his facial expressions, I don't know, dude. His swagger. Yo, kind of kind of talk to me about just kind of like visually and just 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 being there and just just kind of getting the feels because man i think his entrance alone is like one of the best entrances in wrestling today his theme song i just i just love it i love everything about his entrance yeah well at wrestlemania so i i kind of wish they debuted that new theme song at wrestlemania i don't know why they didn't Mm -hmm. they waited until weeks later to debut that okay sick theme song 
But like when he, this was the first time that fans were, were at the event and to see Roman Reigns as a heel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it just seemed like a God was entering the building. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, like it, like that's, that's how I could describe it as. And um, yeah, like you, you just, when he enters, you feel something, you know, mm-hmm. you, you just do like, he has, like you said, that type of presence to him. He's just, Oh man, the, the whole entire presentation of him from, you know, like even the, the CGI graphics that, yeah. that they show, right? Like, you know, I'm not really a big fan of those. I think they're goofy and wacky, but like when they show that and then the, the camera pans like, like to him and Paul just walking out, the whole thing is just, it's epic, man. That, it really is. Um, it's, listen, Roman Reigns is on an all-time great run. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's incredible. I never wanted to end. Listen, as of now, I I have no interest in going to Survivor Series or whatever, but if there, if what if there's any like reason for me to go to a Survivor Series or whatever, mm-hmm. it would be just for that entrance alone. Like I want to be able to feel yeah. that, like just to witness that cuz just everything about Roman Reigns is that's that he's doing right now is just next level and obviously we're going to talk about it at the end of the year. But uh, all right, let's talk about this match though. Brock Lesnar comes out. Listen, the dude looks like a fucking viking. He looks like a carnivore <laughs> that's like that that will eat flesh meat. That's what he looks like, okay? Dude, um, what's interesting about this match, too, was while Brock was very dominant in this match, I don't think it was, like, 90-10. I felt like it was more maybe maybe 60-40, uh, maybe. Maybe even 70-30. That's, how, that's the, the vibe I got. Like, Brock was dominant, but I don't think he was dominant throughout the whole match. Did you get the same vibe, too? Yeah, yeah, he he didn't make Roman look like like you know when a typical Brock match when he's in there it's like he dominates the show and he, he suplexes people out of their pants and shit like that. <laughs> he, 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 he uh he, Roman looked good in there like yeah. like Roman looked like looked like a big deal. He didn't make Roman look weak, you know. Yeah. So we get this really interesting. Um, th- there was a ref bump, and at one point, I think I think it was Charles Robinson. I think at one point Brock picked him up by his belt. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> you know? That, that looks so fucking funny. And uh, and then we get some shenanigans where Paul Heyman throws the belt, but he doesn't throw it at, like, one direction. He throws it kind of, like, in the middle. And now I just started getting, like, flashbacks of, like, when Brock and Roman first fought when they're, like, you know, pulling the title. Yeah, like from they took, yeah. I got, like, flashbacks of that. And then the Uso get, gets in there. They, they super kick Brock. And then... Roman tags him with the belt and shit, and and then obviously Roman Reigns goes over, which I think we all knew Roman was gonna go over. There was no way Brock was gonna win this. We just it didn't, didn't make sense for right. Brock to we win. just didn't know how Roman was gonna win. You know, fast forward to SmackDown, Roman gets on the mic and he just starts talking so much smack or whatever. He's owning the microphone. He's talking smack to Paul. Paul Heyman has nothing to say. He makes Paul Heyman read the. The tweet that WWE sent out saying like, oh, that um, sources overheard Brock Lesnar saying like, once I get to SmackDown, I'm going to, um, what is it? I'm going to like hurt Roman or murder Beat Roman. senselessly. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And then they, they go to commercial break. When they come back from commercial, Roman is still talking shit on the mic. Like he's in, <laughs> like he's still on the mic talking shit. Out comes Brock. Brock still looks like a fucking animal. I don't know. He actually looks more like intimidating with the beard and the ponytail and the flannel. Like, like yeah, looks, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks more intimidating, even though he's kind of like humanized, but he looks more intimidated that way. He gets in there, he just starts ripping into Roman. And it's funny because before uh, Brock got into the ring, you could hear the mic pick up Paul Heyman yelling, Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's so, so tremendous. He's so good. 
Brock gets in there. He's just laying it on Roman Reigns. The Usos get in there. The Usos are catching it. Now you have referees, talent. You get all these people going in there. Yo, like Brock is just like, he's just destroying everyone. Like it reminded me, it reminded me of, you remember when Seth cashed in at WrestleMania that year, the Money in the Bank, and then I think it was like the the night after, uh, they 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 were saying that oh like listen Rollins and Brock were gonna have this match or whatever a rematch, and then the match never happened and Brock just started destroying everyone. He started destroying the announcement. Oh, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of that. That's what oh, it, it, it was me. basically the same exact thing. Yeah. Right, and then um so. Brock ends up having the title. Obviously, you see the picture on our screen or whatever. He ends up, you know, holding the title, whatever. The crowd is fucking going nuts for Brock Lesnar. And then we get another commercial break. We get back to SmackDown. Adam Pearce gets on the mic. And I was like, all right, I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. They suspend Brock. I think we all kind of figured that they were going to do something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brock comes out and just destroys Adam Pearce, which I thought was great. Tremendous. Listen, anti-hero Brock to me is the be- best Brock Lesnar, in my opinion. How, how do you feel about uh, what we got, um, Ryan? Yeah, I love every bit of this, man. Um, like I said, I thought the match of Crown Jewel was good. I love the storytelling, man. Paul Heyman throwing the belt in the middle of the two. I just thought that was so good. Um, kudos to WWE for their long-term storytelling, man. We we, we got yep. another tug of war between these two. <laughs> Long-term storytelling. I love it. You love to see it. Oh, God. Um, so that that was funny. And, you know, a lot of people were upset with how the match ended. But listen, I mean, th- this is wrestling one-on-one, man. This is like, this is storytelling. This is how you get to continue the story, right? This is how you get to another match. There was going to be shenanigans, the Fugazi finish. It is what it is. Roman Reigns is still the champion. That's all I care about. Um, and I could have seen this coming from a mile away as soon as Brock came out, started destroying everything with the officials coming out. I knew he was gonna, we, they were gonna do the suspended angle. Um, I understand it because, you know, they gotta do Survivor Series, they gotta do the brand versus brand gimmick. Um, and then there's no other pay per view until uh, January. So I, I assume Brock will come back to the Rumble and they'll have another match. Um, I just, this storyline is so red hot right now, man. And I just feel like putting it on the shelf for a little while, it sucks because, like, damn, like, I'm actually really invested in it. I really want to see another match between these two. I really want to see how the story ends, where the story goes. I understand they need to drag it out, but um, it just sucks. It's going to be put on hold for a little bit. But I thought the whole entire open to SmackDown was great. I don't like how much time it took up because it took up like 30 minutes of the the beginning of the show. Yeah. And then like it's nine o'clock and there's only there's only been one wrestling match on the show. (laughs) And I even I tweeted that out. I'm like, this ridiculous. And then some some uh, shithead is is is. He's like, yeah, and and then I just put him on full blast on Twitter. Follow at Lucha Outsiders, where I'm a straight shooter. Um, but hey, listen, he, he, some fucking peckerhead as usual. Yeah, yeah. So some moron. Uh, you know, some wrestling man. You know, I mean, I could, because I watch my wrestling shows for wrestling. Like, sorry if I'm weird that way. Right. Anyways, putting that dude, giving that dude way too much um, recognition right now. But anyhow. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, the F5s to Adam Pierce were great. And um, yeah, bye-bye Brock. I guess we'll uh, we'll see him ar- around January. So It kind of sucks. You know what would have actually like hooked me? Like, okay, I'm going to go to Survivor Series. If we would have gotten another Brock and Roman match in Survivor Series, I would have yeah, been like, listen, yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going. Fuck it, I'm going. Yeah. Uh, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea that we don't see Brock for a while. I think it's good. I think you have to really pick and choose the times that we get to see Brock. And listen... Mm. We got him at Crown Jewel, Money in the Sand 6. Um, not my preference, but 
what but, we watched was entertaining stuff. It was a really good match, and you know, it just further tells the story. Whenever we get another Roman and Brock match, he's an attraction, and that's what you want yep. him to keep it as. Yep. You don't want him every want week. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right. Um, I, I, it's not even in his contract to, to, to yeah, work right. every single week. So he's got to go back to the farm. All right. So it, yeah, we'll should expect to see another Brock sighting, I guess, around Royal Rumble season. Let's talk about this women's situation because, whoo, man. She got hot. There's a lot of layers here. So Money in the Sand 6, we get a triple threat match between Becky, Bianca, Sasha for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, Bianca and Becky... Becky being the current champion, they're now on Raw, all right? Sasha's the only SmackDown competitor. So, you know, in theory, if we're using logic here, Sasha should have beat. You you didn't have to to pin Becky. She could have pinned Sasha. I mean, she could have pinned Bianca, I mean, to win the SmackDown championship. Also, uh, previously on Raw, we had Charlotte and Bianca for the Raw Women's Championship. Yep. And we could have had Bianca beat Charlotte for the Raw Championship. And you know what? Even if, let's say, Sasha would have pinned Bianca for the SmackDown Championship in the Triple Threat match, guess what? Now we get a rematch of Survivor Series champion versus champion. You know, representing... What a, what a freaking concept. Right. This is logic here. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mark, Mar, you're speaking way too sensical for me. <laughs> you're making way too much sense. You, you need to start talking like you don't know what you're talking about. All right, so that's what I'm gonna do. So instead, <laughs> so what? What? <laughs> what happened? Becky retained. Uh huh. Now we're getting a big championship exchange at Dumbing. I guess this is a thing now. Now we're gonna get championship exchanges. Mm-hmm. Where we're gonna get Charlotte and Becky exchanging their titles, which, to me, it's god awful. You know, there's another way they could have saved this, in my opinion, if if they really oh, wanted to listen. keep. Listen, there's many ways they could have worked around this. Okay, but you know, I'm going to give you a cheap way. If you didn't want to take the individual championships away from the talent, just, you know, like, since we have the SmackDown title on Raw and we have the Raw title on on SmackDown, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to change the titles. We're going to... One's gonna be the swap. Wi- we're gonna no, no 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 not not change the physical titles. We're gonna call uh-huh. one the the women's world title, and we're gonna call the other one the women's universal title. They could have done something stupid like that. It still would have been bad, but at least it would have been better than fucking physically exchanging the titles. Or like I said, just just have Bianca and Sasha just beat the champions. That's all you had to do. We didn't get that, so we get this big championship exchange or whatever. And right off the bat, when I watch this segment, I'm like. Something feels off here. Something feels awkward. Man, is this an awkward-ass segment. Just watching this, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? What the hell's going on here? It, it just felt weird. It felt very odd. Just the, the, the body language, the dialogue. Sonia yelling at Charlotte to pick up the championship after the championship got dropped. And then the pushing, the shoving. And then Sasha Banks comes out and... It just felt very awkward to me. It felt very Jerry Springer-esque. That's how it felt like to me, okay? <laughs> then, I didn't think much of it, right? And keep in mind, I didn't watch SmackDown Live. I watched this after Rampage. So after Rampage was done, we get the big FU tweet from Andrade, and I'm thinking, what was that about? I had no idea what was that about. And then you have WrestleVote saying, like, there's more to this story. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting, okay? I watched SmackDown, and I'm like, okay... Now I see it. Maybe the FU has to do with the segment that we got on SmackDown. 
Fast forward a couple hours later that morning, Saturday morning, I wake up and we get this fucking big story that PW Insider fucking bro, uh, you know, broke, which I'm saying PW Insider because they're the ones that broke the story. Unlike some of these other fucking peckerheads in wrestling media that fucking be like, oh, reports came in that give the fucking source their credit. Yeah. Stop trying to act like you're fucking sources. You're not. According to my sources. You're some fucking peckerhead that, that is trying to make yourself bigger than what you are. Just because you fucking interviewed a talent. You're not a fuck. You're, you're, first of all, your interview is fucking boring as hell because you have no personality. And two, you're not fucking sources. You're not reporters. So that was the rant. Go. No, that's not even oh, the rant. That's not it. Oh. That's not even the rant. That's not even the rant. Okay. okay. But no, but you're right. You're right. Give, give the source Give the source credit. What's so hard of giving guys like PW Insider, the Wrestling Observer. According to my sources. Or, yeah. Or, or, PW or, Insider. Or WrestleZone. Or, or there, there's so many other ones. Wrestling Dave. Inc. Give your fucking sources credit. Stop telling me to act like you're a source because you're not. Uncle Dave. Go. Anyways. So now it seems like there, there was a backstage like situation that happened right after the segment where Charlotte and Becky are going at odds. And apparently this is like years in the making because apparently they haven't really been seeing eye to eye in, in a couple of years. I guess Charlotte didn't like a comment that Becky did in a promo calling her plastic. Um, so... When you're digging this, uh, digging this report, and there's more, more and more coming out. Apparently, Charlotte wanted to drop the title to Bianca, and saying like, "Hey, this could have done good for both of us. Both, hey, I'm putting this talent over, and now it gives me a reason to go after whoever's champion on SmackDown." Which, yeah. kind of what you're saying, Ryan, it makes perfect sense, right? Well, that didn't happen. They they kept the title on on Charlotte, and she didn't like the fact that it was going to make not only her. But also make Becky look weak by just exchanging the championships in, in such a stupid fashion, right? And then we got the situation where, I don't know, uh, Charlotte's claiming that her dropping the title was a mistake. Uh, Becky was kind of saying, like, hey, I was just defending myself out there. That's why you know, the whole shoving thing and whatever. And they were going at it backstage. And apparently the person with the heat is Charlotte, not Becky. Um, and apparently, you know, b- believing on who you want to believe in, because uh, also uh, Fightful put out a report saying that, you know, she got uh, escorted out. And I think Talk Sport also put out the same mm-hmm. report. So there's a lot of layers here. Um, uh, a lot of people uh, in the wrestling communities, you know, the fans of Peckerhead saying that, oh, well, Charlotte was very unprofessional. Oh, the only reason she's doing that is because she's, you know, they're trying to connect it to AEW, right? Oh, the only reason she's doing that, she wants to get out of her contract. First of all, she has still many years on her contract, so she's not going to AEW anytime soon, unless they grant her a release, which I do not see happening. No, okay? they won't. Never, never. And this has nothing to do with AEW. Listen, if you really, whether you want to call Charlotte unprofessional or not, or, or entitled, listen, if you look at what happened on SmackDown, it's stupid. So I get why Charlotte was upset about this whole thing. I get it. Maybe she could have handled it differently, yeah, but I, I listen, I, I don't knock Charlotte for being upset with it at all. Um, the segment was stupid. I think there's so many different ways you could have went with it. Charlotte's not going to AEW, so th- this this idea of her going to AEW is not going to happen, at least not yet. I got a question. And uh, hold on. And um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's about it. You know, I just, I just, th- this whole thing is stupid, and I hate the fact that now. People from the IWC are, are like have this. They're, they're adding more fuel to like this hatred they have towards Charlotte. I just hate it. I hate this. Um, Ryan, uh, Leo, before uh, I get Ryan's thoughts, Leo, no, no, just, just real quick because I saw some reports that they were saying that she, um, Charlotte, showed up at the arena and supposedly McMahon called her. 
No, to no, like no, no, no. She, show got up on she got escorted from the arena. No, no, no. Because there were reports this morning that I was reading that she was at the AEW arena in Florida. But that wouldn't oh, be the yeah. first time she's supporting Andrade. No, no, no. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like right. the, the whole idea was, and that's why I was reading this morning. Right. I, I read some wrestling stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that they were saying that her whole idea was she was going to show up on AEW TV just to get fired. And then my man called her. Again, that's a rumor. I don't, I don't see Charlotte doing that. She's not that stupid. Okay. Just, just. Ryan, uh, talk to me about this whole women's situation. I mean, hey, sign me up for Charlotte versus Becky at uh, Survivor Series, huh? Yeah, Am I yeah. right? Yeah, Listen, yeah, Listen, yeah. after this, man, this this is going to get interesting. I, I want to see some live rounds there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way as you when I was watching this segment. Um, something just felt off, you know. It was just a weirdly booked segment. Uh, with, you know, Becky trying to grab the title and then it dropping on the ground. Charlotte just looking at it and giving a smirk to Becky. And it was just weird, man. And, um, you know, again, this they did this with the tag titles what, last year or the year before or something like that. And I, I hoped and prayed that they would never do something like that ever again. And here we are, swapping championships. <sighs> the only thing I will say about it is that, thank God, it doesn't count as a new reign because that was incredibly stupid. So it's not like, you know, they, they add an extra rain under their belt. But it's still stupid any any way you look at it. There's so many different ways you could have done it. It's just lazy. It's so just uncreative. It makes, it makes the championships just seem like they're like nothing but, like they're just worthless, you know? It's like a little trade it like like fifth graders trade like Pokemon it, cards. That, like, like, and, and then also it, it just knocks the women because you don't see this happening with the men's world titles. You don't see that right, happening right. there. Right. It, it's just... Uh, there's so many different ways you could have done it. I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not speaking to the to a choir here. Everybody knows that this is this was incredibly stupid. There's so many different ways you could do it. Uh, do this, you know, to work around getting the championships on different people. From the get go, you could have just had you know Bianca win the Raw title. You could have had Sasha win the SmackDown title, like you said, and then you know no, no title swap or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to what you said about Charlotte and and how she handled the situation. Listen. I just feel like this is just so many things bottled up. You know, Charlotte has seen a lot of bad booking things ever since she's been in WWE. And this, it just gets to a boiling point. And she is a big enough star now to where she can get away with a lot of stuff. So, you know what? If she walked to back, uh, you know, to Gorilla, right? And she apparently did not say anything to Vince, walked right past him. And Vince was angry about that. And then she left or something like that. Uh, She has the right to do these type of things because she knows that, WWE needs her more than she needs yeah. WWE at this point. So, like, she can get away with a lot of stuff. She ain't going to take no shit. Um, so, number one, you should have never booked a segment to begin with, okay? Then then these two wouldn't have had this confrontation that they had. They should have dropped the titles, were, period. Right, right, right. It would have never gotten to this point. That's number one. Number two, um, it just goes to show that the talent knows better than Vince and Bruce when, you know, Charlotte is pitching to them Oh, I should lose yes! this belt to Bianca. You know, I'm a massive fan of Bianca. I should lose this title clean. It's going to hurt Bianca. How about they take that into consideration and listen? Because, you know, you would think that the talent should know better, right? Charlotte, good on her. Because a lot of people shit on her, right? Because of things that are really out of her control. I mean, yeah, she's a flair. She's been given all these championships. Not really given, but, like, she gets title after title reign after title reign. But, she, tired of it. but it makes sense. And I feel like she deserves it. Like right. it's She's not really it's good. not like it's not a John Cena situation where Cena was getting these title wins where it's like nah but this other dude is more over or like it just doesn't make right. sense in story or like 
He unfortunately he's bearing a talent. No, she's the Charlotte, most over female. Charlotte is credible. Like she's right. arguably the best female performer of this generation. She's so good that she could wrestle dudes if she wanted to, and could probably yeah. outperform them. Yeah. Ricochet. Right. Right. No, I mean that's that's the thing. A lot of people are just you know, oh, she's a flare, this and that. No, and I get it. The, the, the she should not have gotten as many title rings as she has this quickly. Right. But it right. is what it is. It, it it you know it's just it's WWE. What what more can it, we say? There you go. It? It's WWE. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. Um, so you know we'll see where they go with this, but this definitely, like I said, if the plan still is Becky and Charlotte and. Like I said, I'm sure any issues that those two had, any confrontation, they're they're professionals. I'm right. sure it's water under the bridge at this Come point. Come on, Ryan. You know you want to see some live rounds, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's looking to be incredibly awkward. Hold on, wait. Today. You know you what? Know, this might actually sell me on going to Survivor Series if we get this match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I thought they did this. Uh, I thought, like, um, like, Vince must be loving this, right? Because, like, <laughs> if he wants to actually have these two in a match at Survivor Series, this is going to, you know, ha, 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 ha. is going to get it. Yeah, right. People are going to be invested in this. So uh, it's just crazy how, like, you know, like at one point Charlotte and Becky were such good friends now, right? And then look, look where they're at now. It's so it's weird. Crazy it's so weird, um, man. Yeah, and hey, listen, like if if what the report said about Charlotte didn't like being called plastic in a promo, you know what? I mean, like she should know the business by now. Like that's just how it is, right? These people just throw shots around like that. Um, I do feel like Becky probably should have ran that by her if that indeed, if all this is true. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it's uh, it, these two are professionals. They'll work around any issues that they have just to, you know, obviously work together and, and you know, put on a good match if that's what it comes down to. So, um, but yeah, man, very interesting. Andrade's tweets and everything. Like I said, uh, I don't think we'll ever see Charlotte in AEW ever. Uh, I mean, never say never, but I don't think so. Right. Um, but it's just so many different layers to this. It's, yeah. it's interesting stuff. Definitely very interesting. All right, dude. Um, when it comes to, like, the AEW world, like, I feel like a lot has happened, but not a, not so much noteworthy stuff. Like, I I, I enjoyed yeah. Dynamite last night. Um, the fact that we're, we're going to see Punk and Bobby Fish on Dynamite on Wednesday night, I think that's pretty cool. We got oh, the cool. We got the, the, the world title tournament. Um you know, that's happening. Obviously, Mox and Brian are probably going to be the... It's not even probably. That's going to be the final going into full gear. We're going to get FTR, um, Lucha Brothers at, at full gear, and then obviously Adam Page, Kenny Omega finally in the main event. You know, a year a year later from their other full gear match, we're going to get the rematch at this time for the world title. So a lot of good stuff is happening in AEW, in the AEW world. But something that I want to talk about here, and it's not really the analytics of it and, and demos or anything like that, but I do want to bring this conversation up. It's this whole quote-unquote ratings war that we're getting between mm -hmm. AEW and WWE. <laughs> demos. And, and, like, demos or whatever. And, listen, I feel like all parties are at fault here. I feel like everyone, um, are, are they're not helping the situation. And, and wrestling fans are just like, oh, well, the, the demo this, like, Going the back, fans are followers, right? So, like, going back <laughs> to like the Monday Night Wars, right? When Nitro and Raw are going head to head, nobody was fucking talking about demos, right? That wasn't even part of the nobody conversation. Nobody even knew what a demo was, right? Well, what the fuck was a demo, right? And don't get me wrong, I know now we watch television differently, right? With like streaming and numbers and this and subscriptions and all this other stuff. We watch, we watch not just wrestling, but television. We watch it differently, and I understand that, right? 
and this is why I have like my criticism on Meltzer at times because like he always tries to say certain things when it benefits like his either his vision or his view or his opinion about stuff like I like I think someone called him out on Twitter saying like oh well you wasn't mentioning demos like when WWE was having like this rating like back in the day before like AEW was a thing and then he said something down the lines like oh well I was um I was educated on something that was like somewhere down those lines where demos now matter, which whatever, I, I think he's full of shit. But Demos have always mattered, but not to the people that are right. arguing about them Right, now. right, right. Um, no. And listen, I'm not a ratings guy. I am not. When NXT and AEW going head-to-head, I would share the ratings on the story, on my on the Lucha Outsider story, but like I would never do like a post on it or whatever because I'm just not subscribed to that. Like, listen, I enjoy Impact Wrestling and listen, their ratings are not even relevant. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, uh, to me, ratings don't really matter to me. But lately, like, this conversation about ratings and demos, like, it got everybody, like, going at each other and this, this, and that. And, um, you know, I feel like all parties are at fault here. I feel like WWE, apparently, they're leaking out ratings or whatever before, like, they're put out to the public. I feel like they... They, they're not helping the situation out. And as much as I love Tony Khan, Tony Khan, we trust, I feel like he needs to stay away from Twitter for a while. I think he needs to take a break. <laughs> I love Tony. Don't get me wrong. Tony Khan's my guy. But I feel like, Tony, you need to chill out a little bit. You don't always have to go on Twitter and, and talk crazy. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, yeah. And I want to tie this in also with the whole top dollar Young Bucks situation, which... The Lucha Outsiders played a part into this. Now, yeah, Ryan, yeah. I'm going to let you take it away here, all right? Because um, for people that don't know, the Lucha Outsiders did play a part in this whole top dollar sneaker talk Young Bucks conversation. So I'm going to let you take it away, and then I'll, and then I'll add in my, my, my thoughts and opinions on this whole situation. So, Ryan, take it away. Now, keep in mind, me and Ryan have not had this conversation at all. So I'm going to be yeah. kind of educated on this, too. So, like, Ryan, so Ryan, take it away. Yeah, I, don't know. I just think this top dollar guy is such a clown, man. He's he is okay, tall. First, first of all, who the fuck is top dollar? He's part of right, Hit Row. He's right. part of Hit Row. Ah, okay, da, da, go, Dolly. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's part of the Hit Row gimmick. Um, one of the it, listen besides Z- Swerve, I don't care about any of them. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, so yeah, he has been talking a lot of crap on Twitter. Not really crap, but like shots, just, just shots, dude, shots. Yeah, this dude just needs to shut up, man. I, I never like... See, listen, it's a free country, right? Freedom of speech. I'm a big supporter of that. You could say whatever the hell you want. You know, you could... Um, listen, he it's his Twitter. He could do whatever he wants. He could have opinions on different things. I just feel like, if, he, and especially in the wrestling business, if you haven't really done anything or gone anywhere yet, you just sometimes you just don't have a right to say certain things. Now, again, people are going to say, oh, well, what he said wasn't really that bad. Yeah, all right. He was he, he took shots at the Young Bucks and uh, for the shoe gimmick. He said something. I don't even know what the tweet was. It was something so stupid. I don't even know what the point in, of the in tweet essence, was. In essence, what he was trying to say is, because sneaker culture is a thing, right? So yeah. in essence, what he was trying to say is what some of the sneakers that the Young Bucks are wearing are quote-unquote fake. I mean, that's not a proven fact, but that's pretty much what he's calling out the Young Bucks for. Um, and then people try to say like, oh, but he was also talking about Adam Cole and Kenny Omega, but I felt like it was just directly towards the Young Bucks. That's how I took it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, the Young Bucks put him in, in, uh, they said something as, like, funny about NXT, a shot of him in their bio and things like that, and, you know, I just quote-tweeted the the top dollar tweet, you know, on on the Lucha Outsiders. It's like, you know, like, man, you're doing a lot of talking for, 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 you know, you think you're hot shit all of a sudden. I said, you know, uh, 
you might be asking the competition for a job uh, in six months when, when you're elite when, during the next round of budget cuts. Um, and yeah, obviously he didn't like that and didn't write it back or anything, but he just completely blocked the outsider. Account. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, great, because that's what I was going for when I, when I responded to him. So, hey, good. Kudos to him. I don't want to see his tweets on my timeline anyways. Um, but yeah, I just feel like this dude, man, he, he got no right to talk. And like I said, people are so big and mighty. They love to puff their chest out and talk crap about the competition. But it's like, how could you, how could you say anything about any other place when WWE is prone to broad budget cuts and you and top dollar, you ain't going to be a, a big star in this company. <clears throat> you, you will eventually be in one of those pools of releases at some point, because I just don't, you know, unless WWE completely invests in him, which I highly doubt, but he's, and then what's he going to do? Then he's, is he not going to wrestle anymore? I mean, maybe he'll just make, you know, uh diss tracks all of a sudden, which that be, one was completely He'll be like right back. He, he made, uh, so, so okay, so um, I kind of have a different opinion about it, and it, it's not too far from yours. So I actually do like AJ Francis, our top dollar. I, th- I think he's all right. Um, not rest in a wrestling related aspect. I think he's average if anything in the ring. But you know, watching the what was that show of the gimmicks on A and E where they they kind of hunt for for gimmicks. You know, like yeah. hidden gems. Hidden I think gems. It was called. Yeah. You know, just seeing how, how he interacted with some of the wrestlers or whatever, and I get it. You know, some of this shit is produced or whatever, but just just watching him from that aspect, it, it, I, I kind of grew like a liking to the guy. Like, oh, this guy's just a, like a mark, like the rest of us. You know, he's just into wrestling. He's he's just marking out, hanging out with all these like legends, like whether mm-hmm. it's like Mark Henry or the Undertaker or Mick Foley or whatever. So, I, I grew a liking to him. So, just knowing that, I'm like, okay, I, I want this guy to do good things. All right, or I don't. I, do I see him being like the next Rock? No, but like at least I want him to be used right at least in WWE and then he got put in hit row whatever I'm like oh that's a cool spot you know he's gonna be a heater for the for the stable whatever um I'm a big Shane Strickland guy uh Isaiah Swerve Scott so just the fact that he's gonna have a stable and have these guys attached to him I think it's a good thing for Shane you know because I'm a big Shane Strickland guy he's a great guy I love his work in MLW uh I'm just a big fan of his okay so now with all this ratings talk or whatever um and I feel like this is without me knowing anything. I feel like WWE at first told their talent, try to stay away from talking about AW because they're not competition to us, whatever. Just don't mention them, whatever. And then we're starting to see the growth of AW, the fact that AEW's outselling their events, unlike WWE. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, this is legit competition. So now it's like, I feel like they kind of, not saying that they gave permission to the talent, but now it's like, okay, listen, if you want to talk about the competition, or you do, or you guys want to do whatever the hell you want, Go right ahead, okay? Top dollar calling out the Bucks for the, the quote-unquote fake sneakers or whatever. I think that's, that's whatever. Like, I, I think it's funny the fact that the, the AJ's throwing shots at the Bucks and then Bucks obviously, you know, put the thing in their bio. I think that's all harmless fun. I, I think it's funny. Like, yeah. it is what it is. When not only the Lucha Outsiders account, account, not only you, Ryan, but when I started seeing... Like, people going at him saying, like, yo, but you haven't done anything. I get that point of view. Like, I get that point of view with the fact, like, yo, you're talking to the Young Bucks. Like, one, they're VPs of their own company. And two, they've been selling, they've been killing this merch game for years prior to AEW being a thing. And it's like, what have you done? And I get that aspect. That doesn't mean that Top Dollar can't talk shit or whatever. Because I feel like the essence of him talking shit was about the sneaker culture game, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I I didn't have a problem with that either. And I didn't have a problem pe- uh, with fans going at him. He, he was kind of opening the can of worms when you're attacking the Young Bucks, right? Yeah. 
Then he releases the diss track. I think it's very smart on his part having the the instrumental of Let Me In, which is a young buck record from G-Unit fame. I think that's very smart on his part or whatever. Yeah. The diss track was average. Like, I didn't think much of it. I think it's all harmless fun. Yeah. What I did get pissed off was, this is what I got pissed off on, and I'm probably going to go on a rant here. Dale. What I got pissed oh. off was is the fact that wrestling fans and even journalists that I respect, right, or people that cover wrestling, try to change the conversation to something else that it's not it. I hate the fact that people are trying to now make this. I don't know if you got to see this, but I did. And I saw people, reliable sources and reliable people that cover wrestling, try to make it a race thing because of fucking sneakers. Are you fucking kidding me? That pisses me off so fucking much. trying to change the narrative. Stop trying to change the narrative because you hate AEW or you don't like the Young Bucks. I hate that. That pisses me off so much. Stop trying to... Change the narrative because when wrestling fans or people that cover wrestling are now going at top dollar saying like, dude, but you haven't done anything and trying to make it a racial thing. That pisses me the fuck off. That pisses me off so much because this was all harmless fun. People talking shit. People talk shit all the time. But now you're trying to change the conversation because of sneakers. You're trying to make it a racial thing. Like saying like people that have opinions saying like, dude, top dollar, you haven't done anything. Like you might be, you might be asking for a job from AEW in a couple of years if, with, with their budget cuts. Stop trying to make that a race thing because it's not a race thing. I hate that. I hate that in other podcasts, they, 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 they try to change the conversation like to make it racial. Listen, AEW, they have their, they, I won't say their issues, but they could do better when it comes to representation, all right? And 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 they're going to get there. Have they had missed opportunities? Absolutely. I think they missed a big boat on Scorpio Sky about a year ago or whatever. But, hey, they, they've moved on from it. They could do better. AEW could do a better job in representation or whatever. But let's not act like WWE has always had black world champions or Spanish world champions. They've gotten better over the years recently. But they haven't always been that way. So AEW is eventually going to get there. They're going to get there. I just hate it. I hate it when people try to make this into a racial thing. That pisses me off. Listen, Newsflash, and I, listen, for everybody watching us or listening to the podcast or whatever, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys some top secret shit here. I don't know if you guys know this, but wearing sneakers, it, it's not just a black and Hispanic thing. Oh, my God. Did I just say that too loud? No. Did I just say that too no, loud? Don't say it. Don't say it. Because in Asia, anybody, Asia the, the sneaker game is really strong. Anybody could wear fucking sneakers. You're going to attack the young bucks. Two Christian boys, okay? Good two Christian boys. And make it into a race thing? Are you fucking kidding me? Listen, dude, credible people. That cover wrestling, that work for Forbes, try to change the narrative of this back and forth between Top Dollar and Young Bucks and make it a racing. That pisses me off. That 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 irks me, dude. And for people that want to come at me, well, you don't know you're not black. Well, listen, I'm Hispanic, and I've been fucking racially profiled all my life. I've gotten arrested just for handing a cop my license, okay? I've been putting cuffs because of that. So don't give me that shit either. It, it's just... I hate when people try to change the narrative into something else because they hate the Young Bucks or they hate AEW. Stop doing that. Wrestling needs to be fun, okay? And yes, has there been racial problems in wrestling? Absolutely. But this sneaker conversation has nothing to do with race. I just hate when people try to change the narrative. And it, 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 it irks me because people, journalists, and people that cover wrestling that I've actually respected, I hear them 
talking crap of about wrestling media trying to go at Top Dollar because he hasn't really done much in wrestling or whatever and try to make it, oh, those type of people are racist. No, they're not. This has nothing to do with race. It has yeah. nothing to do with race. Stop trying to change a narrative. If, if, that's, if that's the MO that you want to have, listen to the other podcast that they drop the N-Bob Every two fucking seconds when they're talking about a white wrestler, okay? Listen to those podcasts, all right, where they cover shit like that. This ain't it. This ain't fucking it, okay? I, listen, people could probably get upset with me with what I'm saying, but I hate okay. when people I, try to change okay. the conversation and make it racial. Not everything has to be racial. This was about sneakers. Stop changing it to race, race and races. The Young Bucks, two Christian good boys? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? And, th and that's pretty much it, man. And listen, if people want to be pissed off at me or if you want to have a conversation, listen, my DMs are open. You can hit us up at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. Um, but this is not a race conversation. And listen, the, the AEW fan base, they don't make, they don't make um, matters any better either, right? No. They're very sensitive, just like the WWE fan base. So this is not just aiming at one uh, typical – this is not just aiming at one specific fan base. But listen, we got to stop trying to change the narrative on shit when something is not about that. It's not about that. We, we the Wrestling should be our happy place. Mm -hmm. All right? Wrestling, we should be able to enjoy it. Stop trying to make it to racial. All right? I know you're not a top dollar guy like Ryan, and that's fine. You're, you, that, that's your opinion. I personally have no issue with him. I think everything he did was cool. But I just hate people cause, just because you have these two entities going at it. Try to change the conversation to something else because that, that's not it. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject real quick. <laughs> um, no, I know you don't. There, go take your time. Th this is what happens, right? And and that's why I said before that wrestling fans are followers, right? They have no idea about the sneaker community. They have no idea uh, about anything else outside of whatever they see on their TV, right? So by them being followers, right, all they're gonna look at is essentially two white guys, white guys. against a black guy. That's all they see. Right. So unfortunately, they're not going to go in and, and, and do their homework. They're just going to have an opinion based on what's presented in front of them. And unfortunately, and, and this is why I said before, and I'm going to bring it back a little bit to the whole demos thing. Right. Do you even know why they keep a track of demos? Anybody? No, no. I don't no. work for that. That's why I, okay. I, don't, I don't know much about it. That's why I don't talk about it. You see, that's okay. what that's what <laughs> someone with it. <laughs> when, when, you know, that has wrestling, not wrestling there logic, but that one that has common sense, right? I don't know how demos work, right? Okay. Now, apparently, oh, yeah. AEW's thriving, and they're happy with it, and I'm yeah. happy for them, right? But yeah, I don't yeah. know how that works, so guess what? I'm not going to talk about it. Right. Unlike some of yeah. these other fucking peckers that fucking copy and paste everything, like, hey, AEW just won this demo. Oh, they beat so-and-so. Yeah. Do right. you even yeah. know what the fuck you're talking about? No, they don't know. Right, right. They don't know. The, basically, the way the ratings work and demos work and all this is ultimately... Remember, we're doing this show because we like it. That, that's, that's what it is at the end of the day. We don't even look at how many people are watching us. We don't even like focus that much on how many people are following us. We don't harp on every little listen that we get or every big listen that we get on our, on our, on our SoundCloud, right? But when you're a big company like the WWE, like TNT, like USA, like NBC, any of these networks... Demos are important because it's ultimately who you're going to sell advertising to. If you are a hip-hop or a Spanish station, which Mario knows from the New York area, somebody like La Mega or somebody like X, right? You want your 18 to 34 demo 
to be higher than everybody else. Why? Because those are the guys that are going to go out to the clubs. Those are the guys that are going to spend. Those are the guys that are going to go out and buy sneakers. Not an old man like me. I got sneakers because I got them from a friend of mine. That is outright, right? But what happens with demos is this. Yes, you could win in the 18 to 25, but that doesn't mean that that Toyota commercial really cares about those guys because they're not going to buy a new car. Most of those guys are going to buy a used car. Most of those guys don't have the money to be able to spend. So, again, that's why I said that wrestling fans are followers because they have no idea. They have no idea what actually demos mean. They just say, oh, okay, I fit into that demo. When the Attitude Era was hot, you know what demo WWE won? 18 to 34. Because nobody over 35 was watching that. So now what does that mean? Those people that grew up with the Attitude Era, let's say they were at that 35 range. Dude, they're 55 now. You know what I mean? Right. So again, that's where the whole demo thing comes in. <clears throat> so as an AEW mark, Oh, yeah, we beat him in the 18. And, again, Tony Khan doesn't help. He doesn't help at all, right? But, oh, yeah, we beat him in this. They have no idea what it's for. They have no idea how executives actually sit down in a boardroom and say, okay, in this hour we want this. In this hour we want that. So what we want to do for the next quarter is we want to go into and talk to Toyota and say, hey, you should put another $2 million in because now we have that older demo, which we didn't win last week. We won it this week. Now, going forward, this seems to be our strong suit. And again, it has to do with marketing. But wrestling fans are followers. They're, they can't come up with an idea themselves. So how does that bring it all the way back now to what we have, a racial issue? They have no way to actually look into it. They haven't looked at the whole sneaker community, how it's, how it's moved. They haven't even looked at how much money Jordan is making now, 25 years after he last threw a free throw. Right? How much money he's still making off the sneaker community. They have no idea how the black market in China works with those sneakers. Again, they don't know. They just read that it's two white guys against a black guy, and that's all they see. And again, that's why wrestling fans are stupid. And that's why we do this show. Because fans are stupid, and they're going to go, oh, we won that demo. I look at the ratings, but I look at it for another way. I look at it through the business side. Like, okay, AW is winning, so that means that they can sell more ads so they can grow. That's the way that I see it. But again, wrestling fans are followers and are stupid. I, I, I know we talked about WWE, right? But I read a thing yesterday. Yesterday. <clears throat> Do you know why uh, MSK? Why they're getting booed in NXT? I have no idea. I saw that. I have yeah, no idea. Ah, I got that's one. true. Okay. So the rumor is that a what what the fuck's her name? Since you saw it, Ryan. The, the, Izzy. the girl. Izzy. Where she got thrown through a table or some shit at a show, and these guys said that that wasn't helping wrestling. So now the mom feels th like bad that they talked about her family. Oh, God. So now she's the one starting the <laughs> chant for these fucking guys to get booed Thank in NXT. Thank you, MSK. You... I was already a fan of you guys, but now I'm a bigger fan. Thank you, because Izzy is a piece of shit kid. Okay. And I said that. But, but homie. She's a piece of shit kid. But wh wh where does it come in, right? Like, if I have a problem with oh, you. Oh, man, you just made me happy. There you go. If I have a problem with you. <laughs> Listen, I was hot about, I was really pissed off about, like, wrestling media, journalists, um, and people that cover wrestling trying to change the narrative. And listen, it's not everyone. So I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like every wrestling journalist or everyone that that it's at a top spot covering wrestling 
was trying to change the narrative. But there's people that I actually respected yeah. that, wow, you're really changing the conversation here. You're really reaching to change the conversation. But you, you know what? You just made me happy, Leo. Because yeah, anything, anything that has to do with bashing Izzy, that piece of shit kid, makes but, me fucking but happy. That, but that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, right, all this shit, and, and this is why, again... I'm going to do the same thing that I do with the political show that I do on Los Radio, which, by the way, you guys don't habla espanol, but you can listen to it. Anyway, the mic is open. If you want to come in and talk shit and if you want to come in and give your point across, the mic is open. But what happens is people are really quick to do Twitter fingers, right? But nobody has the balls to actually come and sit here and say, you know what, Mario, tell me how you really feel about Izzy. Because you know what? At the end of the day, and this is what actually you lose Next nowadays. Next thing you know, Mr. Radar Mario from Lucha Outsiders gets canceled for <laughs> nah, bashing fuck a kid. That shit. <laughs> but 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 at the end of the day, right? Like going back to this whole Becky and 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 Charlotte thing, right? Like she voiced her opinion on what was wrong. We knew what was wrong. She knew what was wrong, but the people in charge didn't know what was wrong. So where are we going to come up to now? Where now nobody can say what they actually feel. You know what I mean? Like, we're all going to be fakes and we're all going to be put up a front. No. Again, wrestling fans are stupid. They've been stupid since day one. Fortunately, the three of us here and friends of the show who are actually friends of the show, they're on the same line where we know how to act. We know how to behave. We're not those fucking guys that shows up to a Ring of Honor show in a full John Cena outfit. Oh, God. There you go. That same guy. You know what I mean? But again, you have to read about this shit. Don't just go, oh, AW won in the demos. Boom, you're getting smacked. You know how I learned about that shit? There was a meme that said uh, it had like Tony Khan, right? <laughs> and on top of it, was like, ah, oh, we won the demo 18 to 24. Mm -hmm. And then underneath, it was like an executive from TNT. How the fuck do we sell that? They don't buy cars. Yeah. So and I started looking into it. Okay, mm -hmm. what, what do they sell? Again, you got to remember, when you go to when you go to the ad, right. you're supposed to hit the people that follow that show. Mm -hmm. So, again, you're not going to put a fucking bankruptcy lawyer during AEW. You know what I mean? Because right. th those fucking guys, again. But that's where it comes from. So, go, Ryan. Sorry. Now. Ryan? Hey, I mean, perfectly said it for both you guys. I don't even think, uh, you know, I can really <laughs> follow up with that, to be completely honest. Um Bottom line is, you know, this is the world we live in nowadays. Unfortunately, with the racial things that are going, it just feels like we're never going to get to a place no. where, you know, racism isn't a thing, which it just, it sucks. But um, obviously, we could do a whole show based on that topic alone, so I won't get too much into that. I can't really follow up on, like, like what you said, Mario, about that, because, you know, you obviously have your own experiences and things like that, um, you know, to, to talk about with all that. Um, the top dollar thing wasn't serious though. It really it wasn't. wasn't. Listen, really I got wasn't. blocked by him. I think he's a clown, but I don't hate the guy. I don't. I don't. I don't know him. I'm. I'm not watching SmackDown and saying I hope this guy fails. I hate him. This and that. It was harmless fun. Listen, I love this stuff. I just thought it was funny to just you mm know. -hmm. It was we all. Him and he it was all in it, good it was fun. Was. Young yeah. Bucks. They changed their bio, which they always done. And listen, it makes perfect sense because they're fucking heels funny. or whatever. It's fun. But then right. you have these fucking morons online that want to change the fucking narrative and change the conversations to something else that it was just all harmless fun. Like nobody was getting like attacked and beat up here. They were just throwing jabs at each other. And, and right. it really irks me. It That irks me because even people, like I said, I've respected 
which now I, I, I look at them differently because it's like, wow, you're really reaching here to try to change this conversation to something else. It's like, what's wrong with you? To get followers. And then on top <laughs> of that, like, you're, you're, you're like someone reliable. Like, you are featured in other podcasts. You work for Forbes or, or, or all, the, all these other companies. Like, a lot of people really. And then you go at people, right, that were tweeting back at Top Dollar saying, like, but, dude, you haven't really done much anything. Do something first. And then, like, because um, they were throwing shade at each other. And then you're trying to call them out and try to portray them as racist. It's like, dude, is that, what are you doing? It's the truth. What, what, what <laughs> are you doing? Ryan, keep doing tweets like that, bro. Keep fucking <laughs> tweeting people at, like that because it's the fucking truth. Yeah, that's oh, it. Yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous. Listen, I can speak for all three of us here. Like, listen, we're all for equality. We all we we we're all for good people, you know, and and righteousness and all that good stuff. But at the same time, we're not gonna sit here and make everything fucking racial, like fucking sneaker talk. Are you are you not. fucking kidding me? Dude, yeah. any, the, way to, any way to turn the narrative. It, of it, course. It, that pisses me off. That really irks me, especially when it comes from people that are reliable or people that, that actually do this for a living. It just, it's just like, I, when it comes to people like that, I don't think they need to be part of the business, even if they play a smart part. It's just mm -hmm. like, what are you doing here, dude? No, because they, they, they fuck it up for all of us. Right, right. They, and then At the end of the day, they fuck it up for all of us. Because, again, and going back to that John Cena fuckface that showed up at Hammerstein. We're there to enjoy a show. That same pecker had showed up at Dynamite too at, at same Queens. Guy? It had to be the same guy because he was decked out in Cena gear. And I said, yeah. and I and I said out loud when we were walking or whatever, leaving the venue. I'm like, look at this fucking jackass, and everybody started laughing. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. Like again, and these are people that are followers. They can't they can't come up with an idea on their own. So they they look for these things. To say, oh, yeah, you know what? The young bucks are being racist right. against this black guy. And it has nothing to do with right, that. Right. At the end of the day, again, break it down. Forget about everything else. Forget about everything else. Forget about AW. Forget about WWE. Forget about it. The one guy said, your shoes are fake. The other guy said, we, make more, we spend more money on right. sneakers than your whole team makes in a year. Racist. <laughs> it, had, it had nothing to do. Like, like, what if it was two white guys? Like, uh, you know what I mean? Racist. <laughs> no. But and, and listen, we're we're laughing about it now because we're trying to we're trying to kind of like you know kind of like ease it ease it up and just kind of make a joke course, out of it. Yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. laughing at racism because it does no, exist. But oh, this is somebody's gonna turn that. Yeah. Nah, fuck you. That. If right. you turn that shit, fuck yeah. you. And it has nothing to do with the color listen, of your skin. And, listen, anyone that I would not be doing this show if I felt uncomfortable with someone being whatever like this is not here and listen we we all discrimination and stuff like that has it, it goes beyond race like you could be discriminated just for wearing a a hat of another team that you don't like like oh, it's, oh, it, it's discrimination discrimination but what i'm trying to say is when it comes to this back and forth between the bucks and top dollar it's not racist and it's not has nothing to do with race so we those people that try to change the narrative you should call them out or just don't follow that person or just try to take that clout away from them because people like that do not deserve to be in the positions they are trying to make something out of nothing hey real quick Brian, you yeah, know no. what you know what yeah, could also be oh. into play here you know who's the first person <laughs> that hates is because somebody else made it right right like you said at the beginning the young bucks Right? Fans of wrestling. Marks like us. They were hustlers. They hustled. You remember Generation Me? You Dude, remember them selling read their, their shirts? Read their book. Read their book. It tells you the whole story. Bro, 
Again, again, and and you know that I think of shit differently. You know that I, when I look at something, I always look at the back end. I always look at how they got there, how they make their money, how they make it move. Like my mind works totally different. These guys made it from nothing. Yep. When these guys showed up, was it TNA uh, Generation Me? They did yep. the indies. They were working like because I saw them Generation Me. They, That's they what were, I saw. Them. They were borderline backyarders at one point, and they okay. And they, they were they they toured in Japan for um for Dragon Gate and then I think after that that's where they got contacted by uh by uh TNA by TNA okay by Dixie I remember that that show okay so Generation Me when I first saw them I was like fuck these guys are just a cheap imitation of the Hardy Boys right everybody thought that okay they, taking yeah. one look taking one look good look at the Young Bucks at first everyone thought they're like oh these guys are like the Hardys or something you don't even have to you don't even have to see them in the ring yet you just yeah see yeah them yeah, yeah. Like, the, like the whole intro but but again what I'm saying is this. You look at those guys compared to the guys that you have behind you on the screen, mm-hmm. right? It's night and day. Right. But this is what happens. And again, and, and, and most of the people that hate, hate because those guys that are behind you, they're making money now. Mm-hmm. Those guys that are behind you have yep. power now. Yep. Those guys that are behind you, they put in the work and now they're reaping the benefits of that work. Mm-hmm. So you know who's hating on them and you know who's pushing this whole agenda of racism and everything? The motherfucker that's sitting behind his computer, right? Who's probably still living at their mother's house, who has to borrow the Wi-Fi from their neighbor because they can't pay for that shit for themselves, who's waiting to, you know what I mean, to like get money from their friends because they don't work. Those are the guys that are hating. Those are the guys that, that don't want to get up and go do the work that those two guys behind you did. So you know what? That's why it's easy to change it to racism because, hey, if we change it to racism, these guys can lose all the shit that they've built for. You know what I mean? And again, we, the three of us, know that that's not the fucking case. No. That has well, nothing to do with race. But there's probably going to be some asshole that listens no, to us and they're probably going to just take a little clip of what we're saying and be like, racist. Fuck face. Again, yeah, if that, you're doing that, proof, yeah. if you're doing that, fuck face, and I'm talking to you, at me. There you go. And he won't well, respond because he's not on social media. Well, no, but then Ryan <laughs> Yeah, good luck finding his ass. <laughs> at Show Football Leo everywhere. I guess I'm on social media, ass. Well, sometimes. That's pretty much, man. Uh, listen, we, we talked a lot, of, uh, a lot of great stuff on this episode, pretty much all across the board. Um, we, I, not that we ended on a negative note, but I just feel like we need to call out the bullshit when it is bullshit. Izzy it. sucks. She and, shouldn't be a wrestler. Uh, she shouldn't be involved with wrestling. I'm sorry. I said it. Me, Leonardo. Como le va? Hi. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that little shit. <laughs> uh, Ryan, uh, give me your plugs and anything you're working on. Talk to me, bro. Yeah, at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. Um, you know, I've been live tweeting a lot of stuff lately. So, um, you know, definitely go follow on there if you're active on Twitter. Um, Wrestle Radar, of course. You could give that a follow. It's been pretty quiet on that end. Um, if you want to follow anything, Wrestling Radar, um, on social media or anything, uh, it would be the YouTube channel. Yep. Definitely yep. subscribe to that for all the content we have on there. Social media like Instagram and Twitter have been very quiet on that front. Um, Royal Ramble Wrestling on Instagram as well. Uh, can't say enough good things about what Brian does over there. So if you're not following that yet, you won't be disappointed. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Leo. I'm here, but the camera froze. Uh, yeah. You guys can follow me at LosRadio.com. Uh, yeah, just losradio.com. You can follow us and look for us. We're d- doing some shows. We're changing some things. Um, 
Hopefully we won't have as many issues as we have now. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, so Los Radio, and again, what we're building is we're building a, a and it's funny, right? Because I usually say just follow LosRadio.com. But Mario knows where this whole thing came out of LosRadio.com was a guy that said freedom of speech in the Spanish market. And the guy couldn't be any more right. A liberal guy who's made his money had a conservative Spanish talk show on his network. And when people pressed him on it, he said, if I really believe in freedom of speech, then I have to give this guy a shot. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing at Los Radio. That's what we're doing. So if you want to build a show, if you want to do something, if you say, hey, I want to have my own show. Dude, I don't give a fuck. You can talk about whatever the hell you want as long as you do it with respect. And that's what we're doing. LosRadio.com. Put that shit in the commercial. And well, throw it out I, you know, speaking <laughs> of Los Radio, man, these fucking snapbacks yeah, are right? fucking amazing. I was about to Ryan, get the fitted ones. But. We got one for you in Mets colors, bud. I, I love it. Mets, <laughs> Islanders. I'm an orange and blue guy. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, you'll be getting that soon the next time I see you, bud. Um, you can follow yeah. me at Rated R since 87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure to download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy. Apple Podcasts, tune on that Mexico app, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And it's up. that is it. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been on a, I haven't gone on a rant in a while, and I feel like I needed to let all that out. That's fine. That's fine, and, and people are afraid of rants nowadays. People are afraid of opinions nowadays. Like you have to have your opinion. Yeah, that's at the end of the day what makes life go around. And the thing is, <laughs> opinions. You anyone can have an opinion, right? Yeah. But stop having an opinion and then trying to change it into a fact exactly. and that's my biggest issue not just in wrestling media but just in general everywhere an opinion ain't a fact there you go but how, how about the Mets okay. in my opinion they suck damn bro I'm sorry wow, wow. <laughs> fucking guy bro close to the heart what's wrong with you man actually no no lie why are you being angry no 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 lie I thought the Mets with the new owner and the people they brought in I thought they were gonna make the playoffs coming into the year they but should've. the Mets doing Met things <laughs> like <laughs> yeah I, it's, no denying that they, uh, but they hey next year next year bro next year oh yeah I say that every year yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe next year finally do We'll see. I, right. just, I just hate the fact that you're so aggressive when you said that. You're like, well, I think the Mets suck. <laughs> well, I mean, after a while, you know how to, like, push people's buttons. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Speedy's a Mets fan, so. Yeah, but Speedy's different because he gets pissed off easily. <laughs> he gets pissed off when people tell him wrestling is fake. <laughs> yeah. Speedy is, uh, Speedy is quite the character. Uh, let's go. All right. For the old man, Leo. Yeah. For our Double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep it radar and stay too sweet. Goodbye. And good night.